see you again good to see you again too no so, third time on the podcast i now, am happy to li- be here i wanted to, i wanted to get hold of you because um i just followed up on that a debate with um peter todd yeah with and, peter, um, yeah. what did you think i thought it wasn't i thought it was shambles i i yeah. I, I i okay we can start off with the lowest comment the lowest hanging fruit paul uh peter was uh he was rude he was uh rather obnoxious um the the, the content of his uh, of his words were uh, the content of his speech was just it was just he kept avoiding dodging you um, and and I don't know how you <clears throat> I don't know how you accepted paying that money to him <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean well I mean the way I see it is I'm very interested in if there if there actually objectively is anything wrong with chain so i think okay this is the best that the universe has got this is the best microscope that the universe has you know for like and it's not a very good one yep but i thought i will leave no stone unturned but yeah i mean he is i was really surprised at he he was really very uh he put almost no effort into looking into the idea and it's obvious that he has never really visited drivechain.info the site as he said in baltic honey badger that there is no code but even though we have software that has a GUI, we've had that for like years. So, yeah. Uh, so I don't know. He just, I think he just has this idea in his head of what it is. And he's unwilling to, he's, um, some people just don't take anything in. They have no inputs, you know, and they just think. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. But I thought that maybe we'd get something out of that. I was surprised he didn't even say any of these. Uh, sometimes people come up with, I think it's all concern trolling and it's all fake. And it's all just people shilling their, uh, they have some kind of alternative investment. So some many of these people are actually altcoiners, but or they just have some big LN lightning lightning narrative, or they have some kind of like, you know, Peter is RGB and whatever. So Paul, well, are you familiar with the CIA handbook on how to sabotage yeah. organizations? <laughs> yeah, that came to mind about the uh, just constantly referring things to committees and how like nothing gets done in Bitcoin anymore. And we, we don't right. really have a process, which is another way of saying we have a process but it's extremely defective and you don't know to whom you don't know who to address your grievance to like who you complain to so it's just uh, kafka-esque i think that that is um it's definitely like we seem to be following the 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 cia playbook even i don't know if anyone is uh trying to make that happen on purpose but um maybe you pay enough yeah. money to peter todd and it'll make it happen I mean, I suppose I just don't. Uh, I mean, it's it's definitely possible. I don't think so, but I just think he's actually. I mean, it's very easy to explain it with just sort of selfishness and and, and ego, because of course he think about what it would mean. Like he has been against this idea for so many years, he would have to really admit that he was wrong in a big way. And his point of view is very. Cl- Back in 2014, hmm. he had a point of view that. It was very close to the truth, but was wrong. Uh, the The true part is that Bitcoin Core should care about the cost of running a L1 full node, 
Now, this so is the con up. This is the con yeah, exactly, up factor. Yes, is that correct? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. So we should care about that, but what you should do is you should factor that out and not care about anything else. Everything else is a distraction, and especially you should not care about miners' costs because that is just the same thing. Like that's saying that we should get rid of proof of work in Bitcoin, basically. Because... No, it, it sounds like he's rather getting rather communist about this thing, as if, as if he's got this this one that 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 taps over everybody's business, and he says, okay, this is how. You know, we're going to yeah. we're going to organize things and 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 yeah. it, 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 I, we, I don't fully um, understand yeah. <laughs> because like if I decide to, you know, do sink as much of the process down into an ASIC, like for whatever it might be, like or lay like fiber optic cables between my 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 neighbors and whatnot, it's that's my expense. Do you see yeah, what, it's I about mean? what we want for our miners, stuff like that? So yeah. uh and he he has this view that he's very interested in how much it's cost to start up a new mining operation. Or Why should like, he care? Is uh, he paying for them? Is he paying for it? I don't. I think that what if we could steel man it, we would say something like we all share the same miners. But at the same time, it doesn't really make sense because proof of work is is actually saying that we we fire. We are very. Um, our, we have a lot of conditional love for the miners. You know, we fire the bottom half of performers every every two weeks. We, the bottom half are, are, of the designs are cut. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, like mining must operate at the most profitable um, configurations. So if those are at different scales, then too bad for the too bad for the scales that are not profitable. I mean, he has a view that is something like at each if you have costs they must co-vary perfectly with the number of hashes each like person perform it doesn't really make any sense but we can try to figure it out anyway i don't I actually I think quite it's like to do that it seems like you lazy. both had differing differing opinions on it's, it's, a, it's a combination of laziness and concern trolling i think but it's like it's like he thinks if you have a if you do a trillion hashes versus like a thousand hashes the costs have to scale like perfectly and so I'm not exactly sure what, what he thinks would happen if two people like merged their operation or if they were in a different room and then you removed like a cardboard divider between the rooms, if it would like, if it would like, uh, but I guess what he's saying is it has to be equally like at each. So even down to like, if you're doing like 12 hashes a day, that should be exactly, you know, one millionth, the economic profile of someone that's doing 12 million hashes a day. And I, I don't know, like, it doesn't make any sense. But, but, but yeah, okay. No, I mean, we have to try to understand. But even from another yeah. perspective, like, I can still run a Bitcoin miner node uh, literally without any sidechain software. None of it. Nothing. You're right. Nada. <laughs> and wh wh where is the added oh, yeah, cost you coming from? Sorry, you you noticed that I asked him those ten questions at the beginning. Um, uh, by the way, I think you overloaded him, and and like a yeah. like a like a rat, he chose the easiest one, and and he did, then, yeah, did, and then, yeah, and then I made a dodged everything. I should have certainly just used the ten minutes to just like give propaganda about say how great drive chain is, and then at the end ask him the first question. So that was yes. probably my mistake. But I mean, I would just think if someone, you know. I just think that's it. I gave him the 10 questions. He he could have, like, I think a, a, a very, someone who's really, really confident that their position is correct, they would have wanted to go through 
Like they would have made sure to, and we tried to stay on that one of this contradiction of whether or not you need, whether or not it's some kind of requirement that every miner in order to start must run a node, which is not true. So the node is another thing where it's kind of like if you have two miners in a room and they each run their own node and then they're in the same room. So they look at each other and they say, well, we can only, we can only use one of these. I mean, I guess uh, he says that that uh, just doesn't work or something, but uh, but the reason why that's important is because if two people can share one node, then 50 people can share one. And then if I'm right about the sidechain nodes can live in their own universe, the miners just need to open a connection between one for this blind merge mining thing to work. And then none of them, like everyone can defer to the pools node. Obviously, but of course he contradicts himself because he's also saying that the, the pool gives an advantage to a big pool who defrays the cost. So we, we'll never get an answer out of him because he, he his argument requires for it to be both ways. It requires for it to be the case that you can divide the cost of running a node among multiple people, which is the correct way. And it also requires that uh, he has a whole section where it's do miners need to run a node? Yes. And it's like, it goes on and on and on about that, even though that's not correct. <laughs> so, but they contradict each other. So I just think, uh, I don't know if, um, I don't, I, the reason why that's so important to him is because he understands that I have correctly moved all the costs, the, 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 like the large block costs, the full node costs. I have moved them off of L1 and he knows that. So he needs he needs to find them somewhere. He's going to have to rummage around and say, uh, and he's like, ah, oh, here they are. They're the mining costs. And then he also knows that miners pay all kinds of costs, you know, especially for electricity and for ASICs and for everything else. Indeed. So he knows he's got to find something different about these costs. So sure, you have labor, you have uh, whatever, physical security to stop people from stealing the ASIC chips, you know. ASICs, electricity, whatever, labor, to set up some of these things, like to set up like the uh, the ERCOT demand management credits, you need like, uh, you know, I don't know, I'm not exactly sure, but you need some kind of administrative legal apparatus. So miners have all these costs, cooling, and he's got to find something different about costs that are in the form of software. And what he's hit on, he has kind of flipped the a good thing about them, which is that Everyone can share the same node that's run by someone who's not even a miner or, or someone who is the mining pool or, you know, two miners in the same room can use the same. So he's taken that, which is actually a very useful and helpful thing. And he's trying to flip it around and say it's a bad thing, you know, which it's not. But I mean, this is he's it's not I don't think it's a very honest argument. He's just trying to find he's trying to find somewhere where this full node cost is paid by. And he, you know, he admits that it is not, he tacitly admits that it does not affect any actual Bitcoin user, anyone who's running a Bitcoin full node even. So, so I mean, in a way he admits that I'm right, but uh, he's got this circuitous path through minor town. I, know, I notice he also has another argument, which, which was rather disingenuous. And I also think groping like like groping in the dark for for some sort of legal ramifications and it goes like this oh if you run the the, the a miner without the sidechain software aha so it seems like he already understands that right if there is another bad actor right, yeah no he understands it yeah, this, exactly this, right yeah. this guy's jumping around he's he's anyway he he understands that 
But then his argument is that, ah, but if there is somebody else and they happen to 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 retarget the hash or, uh, or change the hash, then you are complicit. You are uh, participating in the theft of of this of this uh, um, of this Bitcoin. So therefore, you the the miner will go to prison. Like this, the the arrogance of this fellow to to sort of like look at these systems and generalize them, these complicated systems, and generalize them to 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 to. Oh, yeah, no. It's 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 the height we, of Justin Trudeau communist <laughs> arrogance. I mean, me. well, it's like if we all know that, like, if it's the case that the court order is providing consensus, then the whole proof of work thing just doesn't exist anyway. And in the same paragraph where he complains about that, he has to, of course, he's got to make it about himself. So he complains about Craig S. Wright suing him. But that just proves that lawsuits are, you know, uh, not necessarily connected with the reality or something that we should respect. So he, I don't understand. He, uh, almost every sentence in the thing piece of writing he produced is wrong, and uh, many of them are, contradict themselves, like with the sentence right next to it or a paragraph that is just a little bit later. So, so I think that you know he's just thinking like. It's this is a, it's, a, it's like a performance and yeah. it, he will look good among some people who are already uh, they're already worried about, I think, what DriveChain will do, because what DriveChain will do is it will fix the, all the problems in Bitcoin. We won't need the toxic, toxic uh, cultural enforcers. We won't need to worry about scale. So we won't need all these weird engineers doing these like overcomplicated things. Mm. That uh, that are doomed. So like, you know, lightning is, has turned into basically like a make work uh scheme where it's just a never-ending it's like you hire contractors to work on your house and they just uh work forever you know they don't just get the job done in one day they you know it just takes two weeks and it just goes on and on and on and on and uh, that is what lightning has become where it's great if you want a salary as a technical person but the the but the ethical thing in bitcoin is to make yourself unnecessary as as unnecessary as possible you have to purge all human interaction from the software because you can't have this thing where you need support but then now we have these lsps so anyway uh drive chain will do that drive chain will also like a lot of these people that i just disagreed with in the past because they are they're weak and they're not you know they're not strong uh and they're not good for bitcoin so i just make fun of them on twitter they don't want uh, drive the drive chain will give me a lot of credit so so i think that that is just what it is and um he, I mean, I don't know, like, I, 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 I struggled to, to like drill a hole into his uh, mind and figure out like what is really there. And does he really care about m- minor fixed costs? And does he even know what those words mean? Because think- uh, that's, he, uh-huh. I don't think so necessarily, because you- I think in economics, those are tied to a single decision-making context. As I wrote in the reply to him, my written reply is that um, you don't, like uh, if you hire uh, an electrician to come out for the day and they're hired for eight hours, then they're a fixed cost. And if they finish their work early, now they you can reuse them for free. You can say, well, can you do this other thing also? And then just leave early. Now they have they have economies of scale and they are a fixed cost. But if you zoom out over the year and you say, well, for every single day we need the electrician, we have to pay this, then they're a variable cost. 
So, and also the as for being a fixed cost versus economy of scale, it depends on the scale. So, like if you build a hydroelectric dam, that's a huge upfront fixed cost. Of course, if you zoom out and you take the point of view of the emperor of the continent who will rule for 200 years, then even the hydroelectric dam is a variable cost because you say, how many hydroelectric dams do I need? How much power do I need? How much is it going to cost per thing? And if you have, a, if you zoom out, then everything is a variable cost. This is well known, but even it depends on the scale. So you have uh, enormous uh, like the marginal cost, like the demand of the electricity demand of the town could be, it could need like 70% of the dams, the water that can flow through the generators of the dam. And then the, the other 30% just flows over, you know, the waterfall kind of as normal. In that uh, scenario, the town has, you know, the, the they can easily scale up, they have scale economies they have uh, they have already paid the fixed cost of the dam and then now have a very very low marginal cost for the next unit of electricity until they they're putting 100% of the water through the dam and then they don't then they then it all flips again around again now it's impossible for them to get more electricity out of the dam no matter what they do as far as dam, dam related costs uh and so um it's it depends on the scale so every everything will eventually hit some kind of diminishing returns to scale like you know just everything will you cannot have eventually have so many full nodes that you know the planet becomes a black hole and collapses or something or runs out of ener usable energy and the of you know, uh, the, the the available like computing resources of the planet so i mean that's that's irrelevant but what i'm just trying to say is that it's predator the, prey it's the predator prey cycle what what you things just mentioned there? Uh, things don't just have economies of scale like like uh, in the in the piece of writing I used when I replied to him I said this is like saying that the the chemistries of lithium have both heat and pressure you know what I mean like lithium doesn't like have heat like that's not that's not what that word means you know like so things so economies of scale are when you're trying to decide do, does the town build a hydroelectric dam or do they build a bunch of wind turbines do they build a coal plant or do they you're just trying to say, okay, we 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 forecast this amount, and some of this we'll have to pay no matter how much. We, you know what I mean? When you no matter how much electricity you get out of the dam, you must pay the upfront cost. So you see, this is just this is human nature. This is one hundred one stuff that you would do to figure out, like, okay, how do I get the cheapest amount for the that what I expect the actual demand will be, and demand is something else that will always have diminishing returns. And anybody who's run the most basic of businesses understand these very basic concepts. Um, uh, okay, so he doesn't understand yeah. them. So this I, means, I don't, yeah, I don't think that he does. Uh, he uses them in a very weird way. He'll just say like he'll say like the economies of Bitcoin mining have economies of scale or something, which is like saying you know like the the economies of whatever copper wire manufacturer have i mean it like kind of depends like it's not there's not supposed to be used that way it's supposed to be like we have two or three choices this is the expected scale like you see what i mean you need the expected scale in there because nothing on a desert island like manufacturing cars certainly doesn't have economies of scale because there's no roads and there's no people and there's only you so it's like it depends completely on the context uh, so i don't know like but but that's the best that that's the best that the anti drive chain people have got so you have to kind of weirdly, weirdly engage with this, this very, um, I don't know, this very like juvenile application of terminology.
Yeah, and and also the other one is uh, oh, miners can steal, and this is also yeah. a very very idiotic way of looking at things. So I, I I've taken a, a stance of of of, and anybody who's run a business and owns a business and invests in businesses will understand what I'm trying to say. If you're like Peter Todd and you you basically sit in your 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 bedroom and just go to conferences and whatnot, you probably have no idea how this works, but. The way I see it is this. As soon as you get um, uh, drive chains into Bitcoin, what happens is uh, miners, they might have started out as entrepreneurs setting up a business, the equivalent of setting up a business. But it's almost like when drive chains comes along, it becomes like a rather large company where where you actually need a board. Do you see what I mean? A board of uh, that actually are adult supervision over this corporation which is bitcoin and the community now what happens now is that um these 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 board members they're going to select um ex execution the c-class people you know the ceo the cto the cmo and those guys are going to be paid pretty well and basically they're just going to manage the workers right um and their job is to turn a profit turn a dime hopefully do useful things to society so that they can aggregate wealth and solve problems. Um, so then the board members will select who's a good uh, set of ex executors, right? The side chains yes. are such things. So it's kind of like they each have their own difficulty. I mean, in a way, because it's like the side chains have to compete also against each other. Uh, but it's right. But yeah, this is exactly you... right. Where the miners gain the ability to, um, like they 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 can bring the side chain forth and dismiss it at will. And even if like some side chain is like interfering with other side chains, they can just they can take a zoomed out view, right, and say. What will actually maximize our our fees and the market price of the coin, and they uh, they delete anything that shouldn't be there, and they call forth anything. Miners could even like sponsor a hackathon or, or hire yeah. someone to create. They could create. They have the power to create and destroy. Okay, and, I have a question uh, for you now on oh. L two. So yeah. assume for a second you are a serious miner. You've invested multiple multiple millions of dollars in setting up your your thing um you have a series of other uh miners um and you guys have been whittled away of over a decade of uh you know refining your business optimizing it to get to this point and you know when then there's a different when there's a when there's a halvening everybody like it, the, the 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 bad performers get removed now you have side chains and Paul Peter Todd comes along and he says, I want to create a side chain. And he manages the side chain the way that basically Bitcoin is currently being managed. I ask you, how long is he going to last in this board? Well, of course, remember, we, we shouldn't be, it should be up to it's this, the, the good, what I think the good thing about side chains is it's, it's about a relationship between the software developers and maintainers and the software itself, since the developers may leave, as Satoshi did. Right. So it's so a relationship between the design, which is basically the the business, as you put it. You know, it's like a dry cleaning place or a food place or something. Yeah. And it's a relationship between them and their customers. So if the fees are there, then uh, and if they think that this overall thing is like helping the exchange rate by having this option, you know, it's like these are rides at Disneyland. We're doing too many metaphors. I mean, I'm doing too many metaphors, but it's like... You know, 
if they think it adds something because you know what I mean? You can't, not everyone wants to do like, you know, if you go to uh, they have a big mix always because it comes to mind because if you go to like a theme park, not everyone wants like the really crazy fall ride. That's like really, really thrilling. They also have like some of the simple rides and they have like simple games for like people, you know, so it's like, so they have a, they have like a mix. So you'd have like a Zcash sidechain. You'd say, well, maybe it doesn't generate that much in fees, but it allows everyone to, uh, obtain privacy if they need it so you see what i mean they would be maybe motivated to keep that one around because it helps the whole portfolio but we wouldn't necessarily need to inject our own opinion we could just see hey is it is it getting the and i think that's that's where the whole thing would improve because right now we do have this communist ussr style like what do we want in bitcoin uh how should we support the code uh our protocol centralized whatever. planning good the five-year plan yeah that works yeah, well. we, uh, we we had roadmaps at one point we had yeah. so um so i think that actually we have gone in the wrong direction with that and uh so the good the good news is he he uh, see this is a great i want to there's many great things about this but one is in that scenario the miners can just kind of completely ignore this whole thing until there's actual like code and then they can like run it in like the test environment so if someone says, oh, I'm working on this sidechain. I mean, you always, if you're a miner, you always say, great, you know, you know, keep me updated, you know, because <laughs> you just, on, yeah. just say, I don't care until the software is done. You can't do anything anyway. So, <laughs> so you just say, great. You just hope that they work on it. And then when it's, when it's ready, you can kind of test it out yourself and you can see like, is this any good? Is this vaporware or is this real? Can I actually see people using this? You have a very clear criterion, which is generate the transaction fees. And, you know, it's a great criterion because you can generate fee revenues, you know, one of two ways. You can either have a lot of happy customers that you take a tiny bit from, which that's great. Or you can somehow you can have this new software you've written be so amazing that you can charge higher per you know, fee per transaction. Uh, I don't know exactly how that would work in the world of open source, but it's, it's theoretically possible with network effects or something so um so if whatever that is you have as you say it's like the board has outsourced part of the job of boosting their own revenue and growing bitcoin see whenever you get more transactions it's a it's a two for you get two for one you get more actual users you get all this and all the all the goodness that that entails which is a like real feedback to the software people real feedback in the world but you also necessarily get more adoption because you have, it's not only uh, a use, but it's more attention to the coin. You know what I mean? Like everyone's trying really hard in the crypto world to like get on different podcasts. This whole, we've created this weird media mm. landscape where it's like, you want to do marketing, you want to shill, you want to like, um, you know, you just want to get your name out there. Like EOS just did the Times Square ad in 2017. And it was just EOS didn't say anything about what it was. It was just the name, you know, and it's like, that's, <laughs> but uh, if you've got actual users and spreading by word of mouth, I mean, that's far superior. So you get, you get more actual, you get more transaction fee revenue, but you clearly, you also be increasing the price as you grow the community. Yes. Talking about getting your word, getting your name out, um, I thought of a, a bit of a, a a conference thing. Assume for a second that Bitcoin has adopted Bib three hundred. Now, once a year, you have a 
conference, but it's almost like a kumate. It's like a, a fight, basically. You know, currently we only have we can only have 256 sidechains, right? Now, assume that we already at saturation, right? And the miners are looking at this and they're saying, yes, our portfolio is coming along quite nicely, but <laughs> we have space enough for maybe I'm 10. <laughs> maybe 10 of those portfolio people are a little bit, you know, on the dodgy yeah. side. Let's have a kumote. And then what happens is you get a whole bunch of young, bright, uh, bright sparks with uh, with great proposals. They sort of get up on stage and some of them might be in a financial position to be able to fund the development of this. Some might not. But then, you know, they, they do their presentation, they do their pitch. And it might be like, you know, Britain's Got Talent type thing, whereby, you know, you get all your miners that yay or nay it on the spot, <laughs> right? And then some might say, look, I need funding. I need a couple million mm -hmm. to, to develop this. And of course, the miners are looking at this and thinking, I'm interested in funding this sort of thing because it's going to drive. We believe it's got potential. And then on the other side, to make space for those 10 people that got selected, well, you're going to have to uh, vote off the people that, that, um, that you know are are the Peter Todd side chains basically, yeah. Yes, um, I think competition is always the way to go. And but an, an unfortunate thing is, I think that the miners, both when miners support or are against something, including my own project, it's pretty clear to me that they don't have the most amazing understanding of it. I mean, they live in their own world where they're very specialized in finding like cheap power and uh, etc. So they. They don't, uh, I, I think they should take, I really think that they should make the decision to take more responsibility uh, for what happens because actually they are the ones who will in the long run uh, suffer the most if they screw this up, which I think may, a lot is being left on the table, like a huge amount. Um, so I think they don't really at this point, because ever since it was probably like Segwit 2X, they have been like very hands-off. But even before, something I often recommend is the Scaling 2 minor panel that had like 95% of the hash rate on stage. But they, they clearly just don't know what to do. And this leaves them vulnerable to, you know, just people coming up to them and telling them you should do this or you shouldn't do this. So just without... Um, Without editorializing too much, you know, the what the just what happened was the miners had no idea what to do during the block size di dispute. And so they did nothing for a while. And then they uh the large blockers persuaded them to do to who persuaded enough of them to with to block Segwit and then persuaded enough of them to hold it a hostage for Segwit 2x and then persuaded them and then somehow they changed their mind to to not do that but it was because segway 2x was a losing idea but the point is they are kind of like easily just batted around by they don't they don't seem to have like a very deep understanding where it's like they know every inch of the issues and they say they have they know exactly why they're doing things so I think that they they are not very technical people as we in the Bitcoin technical community would use that term. But even though they're they're of course extremely technical in their own way, they have their own and it's clear one you know things like Ocean, Luke Dash Jr.'s new pool. I think they show very clearly that that how specialized mining has become and to the point where other Bitcoiners don't even understand it. I mean I didn't really even know that there was I didn't even know that there were 
firmware discounts and these, I mean, I guess I, it was kind of obvious at one point that because of the way um, Antpool and uh, Bitmain were organized that there was like um, vertical integration and there's always been vertical integration, but uh, like Luke is a super expert and he ran a pool that found thousands of blocks for years, but now he started his new pool and with the exception of two blocks that he found like on December 1st and 3rd, which I think were either just with rented hash power or, you know what I mean? Something to like help kick it off with some momentum. With the exception of that, they have not found a single pool and their pool design does not achieve any of the objectives that they say that it does. And other miners have correctly realized that, that it does not. So this is a scenario where People can have enormous prestige and expertise and and f fail completely to um, like yeah. participate, even even participate, even join the network of mine. Yeah, there's another direction that that's rather worrying to me. Um, anybody who hasn't got their head shoved up their asses knows that lightning's falling apart. There's too many moving pieces. It's it's a convoluted mess that was designed and created in Silly Valley. Um, a bunch of VCs put stacked loads of money behind that this is supposed to be the greatest thing since sliced bread. And guess what? It doesn't work very well. It's pathetic. Um, well, yes. I mean, we don't want it to like, uh, we don't want to impugn the people with the bad motives, unfortunately, I think are the, the marketing people who they, they just picked up on this meme of, okay, there's like a, a bunch of people who they don't even use lightning themselves, but they like Bitcoin and they want Bitcoin. They want to pump the Bitcoin bag, which we kind of, we all want to some extent, but what they have concluded is uh, Bitcoin is good. Lightning helps Bitcoin. So we don't want anyone to make fun of lightning or criticize lightning. I mean, but I had the Anthony Riard on our Twitter space uh, two weeks ago, I think. And he, I, you know, he is a leading expert, you know, and he has decided to just quit. He says it's not, there's no future for a tech person to do that after investing all the time, you know, and learning the code and the design is, uh, and he's decided that he's just going to look for something else to do because it's so hopeless. And even we asked, I thought I asked him some, some pretty normal questions, tame questions. And I was very surprised. I mean, he would even, he went as far as to say, he said very casually, he was just very friendly very kind of jovial even, but he was saying like, ah, oh, you know, you don't, there's a lot of the VCs don't want anyone to invalidate their investment thesis. So he's like explaining like, why is it that, why is it that there's such a difference between like the opinion of the technical people who work on lightning every day? I mean, this is like kind of like a, this is going to become like a Theranos style, like uh, Enron situation where there's like people working on the blood machine every day are know that it doesn't work and then and yet then there's like you know great woman ceo uh revenge story that everyone is a feel-good story that we all we all love a feel-good story right she quit uh, stanford and no one believed in her and now she's the rags to riches she can, <laughs> whatever you know so and uh you know th that's the but that's the issue is so this is the issue is the cultural thing. It's, it's not any problem with any code or anything. It is because you can just change the code if once once everyone knows what to do. You can easily, um, you could just change. You could activate the 300. Or you could do some other thing. You know, you can do plenty of things. The problem is the, the culture 
has actually become uh you know complacent and overconfident but also it's just diluted in other ways like that are these parasites have installed themselves which include the lightning vcs and but it's also just includes like whatever like anyone selling a book or even a conference uh not this, these people are not necessarily in a symbiotic relationship with bitcoin and especially when you see people who are like the cultural enforcers who are saying like no true bitcoiner this or people who are just being rude and obnoxious and not not growing the church getting more people in if you're not doing that then you aren't um you are a parasite yeah that, that's how it is well a friend of mine went to um one of these lightning conferences and he was like it's one of the most stale, boring places he's ever Horrible. been to. You know, <laughs> it is. I I don't understand how like more, more people don't see it. I mean, if you go, I went to Tab, Tab. I think TabConf is the best technical conference. But for the last two years, like you know, it's like more than half of the content is lightning. But it's like when it's lightning, everyone's just sitting there in the things like at their computer. The person gives up, and they always give a talk like this. They always say. Here's an incredibly difficult problem. It's very arcane that I've discovered with lightning, but we can solve it with this or this or this. And then they go through their solution and it's very complicated. And, uh, but they have some kind of solution to this weird edge case. You've never even heard of this. You've like yet another lightning problem, you know, as if the inability to onboard people to it wasn't enough, like just right out of the gate or as if the fact that it doesn't, you know, work when the fee rates are unstable. Like you just think like, okay, these these two things alone would just kill the idea. But they have like this thing, they've discovered their own weird uh, channel jamming thing. And they, okay, well, we can do it with this. So we'll add these fees. And then uh, they end and then everyone claps and they sit down and then it kind of repeats. And it's it, it reminded me a lot of academia where it's like the goal is to find like a weird problem, impress everyone with how you were able to solve it somehow. And then just kind of quietly sit down. And it doesn't matter that none of this is, you know, in the real world, you, you would just pull the plug on this idea because it's the likelihood that it will translate to satisfying the needs of the end user is uh, very low. Although there may be, uh, there's probably some niche, you know, where like the ability to sign and rapidly iterate, uh, it will have some niche, but it's certainly not scaling Messiah. And uh, it's, uh, but one thing that I want to stress um, is that th at TabConf two conferences ago, which I believe is September, um, the there was Macro did a big talk that was like lightning is 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 broken. That was the title, and then the content was, you know, matched the title. It was very persuasive. And this is on the main stage and everyone claps and then uh, everyone just um, goes about what they're doing. And then I, someone who's very senior in the community, like a couple months later, I was talking with this person and they were like, you know what? Uh, everyone just, you know, like, the lightning is broken, but we all just, we all just keep doing it or, or, or something like that. And then next tab comp is still, there's like all this lightning content, lightning, 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 everything's lightning lightning our sponsors and uh someone said that uh you know we had more people slowly coming speaking in person like not at the event but like when we're having dinner and stuff uh people would say lightning is broken and then you know barack who is two the last two tab conferences ago he was breaking lightning with his funny little hacks 
And then he had invented ARC, so he's talking about ARC. This one, in his ARC or whiteboard masterclass video, I mean, he practically starts it off like the first four sentences or something like, I mean, he starts it off the intro and then he's like, you know, so we all know that lightning is is broken and this this project is about trying to fix some of the bigger problems in lightning and just like with a different uh so so there has been disillusionment but many people on twitter still haven't caught up to and i think peter peter todd is an example of someone who i don't think has actually caught up he doesn't realize that the the sh people are leaving the sinking ship which is weird because normally when people are kind of uh smooth operators like that they're very aware of where everyone else is uh which so it's, it's very bizarre that he uh, but i think he's got a lot of writing on with rgb and i don't know exactly what the status of everyone's um like i don't know what everyone's projects are but i think that what what the project people are working on obviously biases them anyway lightning i think um I think it'll be interesting to track how it actually goes away culturally. Like, will it like slowly fade out? Will it be like COVID where everyone just kind of prevent, pretends like we try to pretend like that never happened or something? Or will it be like, um, which is kind of my suspicion. I think the COVID model is a good, uh, is a good guess, but it's also possible there will be like something like Theranos where there'll just be like some, there'll be like huge ruptures, like the, the article just saying that, it's a fraud and then they're failing to re reply to it. And then like they get like the whistleblower investigated and then it just like explodes. So uh, I, I don't know, but uh, you know, the fact that it's not, it's currently not incentive compatible, even on its own terms with respect to like the need for op expire. Now, even HDLCs don't work. The HDLCs don't work when the fees are high anyway. So fees, stay high then they then just no one will really be using the lightning network they will just be passing funds you know custodially they will be like fronting someone the money without any guarantee that they will get reimbursed uh, which is uh, why it's all more than half of it goes to lsps so the whole thing is going to collapse and eventually and the only question is i guess if i think there probably a lot of lnvcs are just going to try to like dump their shares and they want to keep the narrative going. And now this whole thing has become a, a disastrous uh, cultural problem for Bitcoin, unfortunately. Yeah. And also um, one, th one thing that's happening is that um, um, the folks like uh, Peter Todd with, with their heads in the ground, like ostriches, or, you know, even though they don't do that, but what's happening is, is, yeah. you know, I think in 2014, 15, he was one of the bigger naysayers of 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 side chains, and that's caused yeah. irreparable damage to to sure the in... <laughs> like it's impossible to overstate. I think. I mean, like it would be like uh, we would have had scalability, privacy. We would have had. There probably the exchanges would not have even had as much influence because. Oh sure. There would be a situation. But we would already have. We would have sprinted directly to a situation where you could like buy. Bitcoin at like a CVS or something with like a little card, like there would have been like bit instant, like redo or something. And uh, I argue, I argue we might, we might be in a situation where we're actually making transactions with each other in, in, in Bitcoin had, had there been something like bit 300, you see, what I'm trying to say is that, um, um, Bitcoin is impossible to scale, um, to everyone in the world. And lightning has also demonstrated that this was supposed to be the panacea that there's, the solution to it all, the, the final, the, you know, the, the great solution. Um, but that's not happening. 
And instead, what is happening is that people are making transactions with each other over centralized custodian solutions, like like with exchanges. Yeah, and, exactly and, and Lightning yeah. is going to evolve. The only way Lightning can actually work, work is if it works with become a, a massive custodial type scenario. Mm -hmm. um, and I believe there was one of these apps. I think was a I don't know was a Phoenix. I think was a Phoenix that was that was. Um, there was a, a centralized and everyone was like all oh, fapping on about how great it was, but it's, it's all, it's all centralized. Um, well, have we not learned our lesson from FTX? I mean, the good, the good, the good paradigm is wallet of Satoshi where it is, oh, that's one. it has completed the hero's journey, you know, like there's only one, a couple ways that it ends, but it started, it grew and then it had to ban all us customers because it is in fact custodial. So it is completed. The, but I mean, other things that are possible are like, I mean, is it not likely that, I mean, if, imagine what if you're Coinbase, wouldn't you buy, you would like buy one of the non-custodial, would buy like Moon or something and you just vertically integrate it because it's all custodial anyway. You just say, okay, this is great for, this is a great deal for Coinbase. You can just spend whatever it is, you know, $2 billion, who cares? And just acquire the brand and the, the app. <laughs> And they're all, you know, uh, but that does remind me of a great tweet that I saw about, um, I don't, it was the tweet went something like this, quote, I don't know who needs to hear this, but scanning a custodial QR app is not an innovation or something. It's like, uh, so that's the, uh, okay, but that's where we are. You know, we are, we will regress to Venmo. So really the lightning people have taken us into a place that is, yeah, basically what the worst case scenario of large blockism was, which is that people don't have, they can't run a node and they don't, they don't know the status of their own money without talking to like an API. So we have already achieved the, this, the, the worst case scenario of, of large blockism via Lightning. So that's uh, I don't know why. And more people are starting to realize that because, you know, there's a lot of people out there who are of course, it's very easy to just be a bullshitter, right? So you get up there and you just you say a bunch of vague stuff, you know. Just we we could name something. I mean, like you know, like a Michael Saylor, uh, Mac, Max Kaiser, or like they they're not exactly you know Michael Saylor isn't exactly going up there and saying, okay, on in this file on this line of code should be a three instead of a two, you know. It's not exactly like a pinpoint laser guided missile precision. He's just saying, you know, a Bitcoin is encrypted energy, you know, and the crowd goes wild. So, you know, that's great. I mean, we need people like that. One of the best things I ever heard in my entire life, the cleverest things, I think, was a Milton Friedman saying that there's idea manufacturers and then there's idea, you know, distributors and wholesalers and there's idea retailers. And that's a profound truth, which is that the guy, people who come up with ideas, they're often not the best to like, you need like, a, there's, like an, there's like a Satoshi and then there's like an Andreas Antonopoulos, you know? So then, and then there's, you know, people like, people like you and me, you fall on the continuum somewhere. And even the people who listen, like someone who listens to a podcast, but never goes on a podcast, that person is probably like a relatively like intellectual type of person, you know, and they're going to, they have to tell it to their friends at, at like the bar or, you know, at the house party or something. So even maybe they are even the retailers, you know? So, but the point is, there's no reason to say that one person is sort of better than the other. These are all different jobs that everyone has, that must be done in order for an idea to make it from not existing at all to being pervasively adopted by everyone around the world. So 
so yeah, like, you know, my, you know, Michael Saylor is, he's sort of near the retailer end and he's pumping the, these ideas and, uh, but you know, it's very easy to be vague and what we, you know, that's, that's good in some ways, but it's, uh, it, it has the negative property that it's the Theranos problem. So lightning, this is the lightning Theranos metaphor where you, um, a lot of people have all these beliefs about lightning. Lightning will fix everything. We'll just do, we'll just do, we'll do the Zcash sidechain on top of lightning. Or people say stuff like that when it's like, okay, you know, they don't, they don't really know what the word lightning means, but they know that something will happen. And so um, that's just something that everyone should be aware of, I suppose. Mm, yeah. Um, I want to ask you, um, right. Maybe a more controversial thing. Uh, I think it's quite conclusive now that uh, at the end of the the debate, oh no, the very end, I believe, was where he was asking for his money. That's what Peter was asking for his <laughs> money, which I thought was quite telling, quite telling indeed. Um, and I another know. thing, I mean, uh, hey, we hired him to do a job. He did the job, a bit kind of marginally, but you know, you know what I mean? Like, he, uh, okay. I, I he get it. Really, I get it. But, but you know, if you're I supposed to, it's more about me showing to the world that like, listen, I really, you know, I, I tried with this guy. I, I feel like I, you know, Oh, is that what it's about? Know. Okay. I think, I mean, like, I mean, okay. I think so this, my okay. thought was I will at least get something. I'll, I'll get something out of it. Like, so either I'll, I'll be able to show the world I tried with this guy or he'll identify something important hmm. or, um, you like, I don't know. He will, uh, show the world that he here's like an opportunity to uh because he like he's complained about this idea for years and years and i he's got he's nothing never been specific and you know, honestly he's still not specific because he, what he produced self-contradicted itself in, in unbelievably important ways there's no yeah. the whole argument hinges on miners being required to run sidechain nodes even though that's not true at all <laughs> and yeah. he even admits that it's not true in the other parts and then he the whole argument also hinges on minor centralization and he has eight eight different definitions and measurements of it that all contradict each other completely and most of which have nothing to do with bit 300 so so it's true that we, i still we still don't get anything out of it but i think we can now be confident you know that his opposition to the idea is just based on some kind of like you know it's like he's 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 working on rgb or he just he can be disregarded admit that he was wrong or something like that he can be disregarded from the equation he he's a he's oh, yeah. a of he's insubstantial he he should be asked to leave the stage thank you very much stop wasting everybody's time and 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 causing more damage now on to the more controversial question um right you know, when well, the steam I thought when, you were gonna say, okay, sorry. When the ahead. steam engine okay, what did you think I was going to say? I thought you were gonna ask because at the very end I asked him, which is like the normal science question. I asked him, Well, you know, is there anything that would uh you know, he's like, I don't like this idea, and I was like, Is there anything that would make you like this? Change idea? your mind. And, and he was like, Well, no, I don't he think said, no. so. <laughs> and he didn't even say he didn't even really own the no, he tried to like waffle for a little bit, and then he was like, <laughs> Yes, no. yes. So, Actually, that's what that, like, that huh? is what I wanted to say. Um yeah. thank you very much for catching me. oh good yeah because that's that's always telling too i mean that yeah. question is that's a very important question of course because of the Karl popper falsifiability science type yes. thing but it's it's a difficult in practice when that question is sprung on people they usually are it usually is difficult to answer on the spot mm. but i get my guess is that peter will never be able to answer it on the spot or after hours of reflection no. either and i think it's it's telling that for the large with the large block for small block dispute i really know 
what both sides would have said. They would have said something like, I mean, I think some of them are deluded and, and crazy people and they were just in it for fun and they had no idea what was going on. But you could have gone back into the scaling war and said to the large blockers, like, what is there anything that would make you not want the block size increase? And they would say, yes, because all we want is for everyone to be able to use Bitcoin at, at a reasonable experience and a reasonable fee rate. So if something is built that does that, that doesn't involve large block L1, we'll we'll go for that. And similarly, you could have flipped it and I would have known immediately like the right answer on the small block size. Is there anything that would persuade you that you should, that that it, we should have large a block size increase or an unlimited block size or whatever that would be will it still be cheap to run the node or you know do we actually know what the final block size is you know or we're gonna have to keep changing it because that was another very reasonable thing to say so we can't keep changing it we have to change it are we going to change it once or are we going to just change it every two years and how's that going to look so i would have been able to answer it kind of on the spot for both sides of the block size debate in back in 2015, 2016, I think. So, you know, he couldn't, he didn't answer it. So, you know, what, you know what that means though. It means that it's driven by something other than the content of the idea. He just has, he just doesn't like it for some other reason. Yeah, no, whatever that reason is made him, he's he's now irrelevant. The man is irrelevant. He's, he's representing some sort of a decaying, old, out of date, um, uh, uh, decrepit thing. That, that, well, he that. should certainly try to answer the first two or three of the ten questions if he wants to rejoin. He the can't. Conversation. He yeah. can't. He's he not can't. Going to, yeah. He can't. So, so now we we have demonstrated that that this is the the all that can be done has been done. All stones that have been left, all stones have been yeah. turned. <laughs> and, well, and, yes. and 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 where to from here, Paul? This is the question well, because when when, when you have because when 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 the when it's the time for the steam engine to be created once that invention is in it there's no stopping it there is no stopping it and right now we've got a scenario whereby you know basically the competitors the swift network this this board that I spoke about whereby the miners need to man up and become board members and oversee execution uh, uh, ex you know the C class. That what happens is the whole network is is essentially taking on. Uh, oh, I, okay. Now I will weave this part into my question. Um, uh, this essentially we're taking on the the legacy financial system, and here's the key point: central banks are recognizing the power of this technology. They're starting to look at these exchanges and saying, well, we could do what FTX did and Binance did. We just have to put the population of the earth into or, or, or the country onto this particular website, and we will manage the toing and froing of the currency. This means that banks are cut out this means that they, the central banks become the enemies of the banks, the retail banks. Now, how about this for a scenario? <clears throat> Excuse me. How about this for a scenario? Assume for a second you have BIP300 merged into, um, uh, into Bitcoin, and you have a side chain for each of the banks. This way... Now the the banks are starting to use um, uh, 
okay, for, I, I say this because a large majority of the people have no idea how to use Bitcoin. So this puts in a familiar interface with uh, the population of the country and uh, the, 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 the typical SWIFT type network. And instead what happens is these banks who they're looking at their central banks and they're realizing that now all of a sudden they're in the set, the crosshairs you see, and they start to think we can, we can fight back. We can fight back if we all agree to. Oh you. yeah, that would be neat. Um, okay. I think the, what I would like to stress is that again, the, the, the side chain, I like, I take no idea like as the um i mean i personally have all kinds of thoughts on what i think is a good idea versus not but the point of bit 300 is Did you say to this say, is not a good idea it is to say is to say that it should be up to me is that try anything on any spectrum of decentralization you know have <clears throat> luke dash jr size tiny blocks have roger veer size blocks <clears throat> have unlimited size blocks or have, no, no, or no. have uh, something Paul, that uh, is okay i get it i get it but but your mind operates in a different way you see what normal human beings need some sort of a narrative like the bitcoin price is going to shoot up uh next year sometime maybe it is but the media are going to fa fabricate some sort of a narrative it uh, might yeah, be no, completely and utterly <laughs> inaccurate yeah. But also yeah. what I'm doing is I'm looking at society I'm I'm seeing where the actors are I'm seeing the psychology of the, I'm I'm seeing that the banks are going to be in a position where they're going to have their they're they're in, they're in the, the the line the line of sights of of the central banks who can cut them out, so this gives them a tool to be able to interface and in, uh, uh, to to yeah, work with each other. Experience they're like a big custodial uh, app. They can call themselves they can call themselves a lightning app if they want. I mean, apparently it doesn't whatever, make any difference. Whatever, whatever. So, but 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 it doesn't do stop because any bank or yeah. any individual can participate on in that network, just like is it's permissionless. So, but what happens there? Yes, is of course. That, well, I just yeah. like to say that I, I mean, I have done some of the math. It doesn't actually take that much. You only need like 10 or so side chains that are only, you know, 10 or a little bit bigger than the Bitcoin core that we already have. Uh, and, you know, you even have things like Solana, they're the actual hard, the actual total cost for the running the software in terms of like the server, et cetera, RAM and everything. Mm. There's only a few thousand dollars a year. So, so even so, all the data that I've seen suggests that it actually it will be very very cheap even to run nodes that can actually have everything be an on blockchain transaction for the entire um, the entire world's transaction throughput. Uh, so I think that that so we won't really need but but for the user in terms of a we will not hit the scale ceiling uh, technologically, but in terms of as yeah, we but you're not factoring like, Metcalf's law. Yeah, uh, the um, well, what do you mean? Well, Met Metcalf's law is is um, a network becomes more and more useful the more nodes that get partic participate in it. Yes, you see course, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, like the telephone network, or in the case of the Bitcoin network, assume for a second that you get you you on you onboard a um, a bank a bank per side uh, a side oh, bank per side chain. And then they bring all their customers yeah. onto that side oh, chain. Yeah, course, so yeah. it becomes more and more and more and more valuable because if, for example, I wanted to use HSBC, I could I could take my money out of HSBC, sink it down into the into uh, BTC, um, and then move it into you know standard chartered bank, for example. And then I can and and you know, and also as a result of this, each of the countries 
are more likely to, to adopt this because they can control their own monetary policy. Um, the reality is that we are in a world where, where countries and uh, we elect these people because most of the people are stupid and they are unable to operate on these different levels. So, so they can't, I don't know. Anyway, I suppose. I, yeah, maybe. But there is going to be monetary policy. That what yeah. Bit 300 does is it says it doesn't matter if something is a fiat project or an altcoin project, you know, or right. Ethereum project, whatever it is, you can turn it into a Bitcoin project and have it use 21 million BTC and have it pay fees yeah. to the L1 miners. So I think that we should have, we should have like a Solana type thing. Like we should have something like something where you, you push the envelope on decentralization down. So like you become more centralized, you go in the bad direction, <laughs> but um, you see like, how far can we get and still, you know, and still have the pro enough of the good properties of decentralization that we like. And then we should have, things should go in all the different directions and including various levels of integration with, you know, corporations or even the government or whatever, you know, like, so like okay. El Salvador, people, <laughs> people love that. Uh, the Chivo wallet is centralized like, as full. You know, it is, you must, they must use their equivalent of the social security number. It's tied to their identity. It is fully custodial. It is, uh, you know, fully KYC. And so it's, in many ways, it is a CBDC nightmare outcome. <laughs> but it's got, the, it's got the word Bitcoin slapped onto it. And I would just like to say about that, that even though that that's a very, it's a very disappointing outcome so far, but I do think, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day and that guy um, okay. should be given enough rope to hang himself. If he, maybe he can make, I, I think it's possible that he will be, possible that he will turn into another latin american dictator and just steal all the money and leave <laughs> and uh but it's also possible that he will um he will make it work and he has not had enough time to make it work it's very hard those people are obviously very they're not the most educated or technically technologically sophisticated uh population that he you know you've got to play the hand, cards you're dealt and he does seem to be he seems he has an unbelievably high approval rating i mean it's always Whenever you throw a lot of people in prison, you've got to watch that approval rating, though, because you never know if that's are they doing a great job of cleaning it up, or are they just going to throw everyone in jail if they don't if they don't vote yes? Um, but he's great. So I, I I think that right, exactly. It's like what's the approval rating in North Korea? Um, but uh, so well, yeah, well, so well, if, they, if, they, if they don't clap hard enough, as when uh, uh, he walks in the room, well, you know that, that that's that's it. You're done. You're dead. You're I know dead. a few. I know quite a few people who have. <laughs> yeah, I know. yeah. Uh, I know quite a few people who have, who visited the country, and uh, usually they come back with like kind of like a mixed review, which is what you would expect. Which is they sometimes I could use Bitcoin, it was great, and other times they had no idea what I was talking about, or they they said that I could use Bitcoin, but then they didn't. They clearly they didn't. I didn't actually paid with cash uh, half the time. So I think that. Um, but I will definitely say this, even though it has been years. It is not enough to, to to do what he what they want to do is that would take a while for even the most like even the most organized person Napoleon maybe Napoleon could do it because apparently there's all these funny stories about like when he was exiled to that one island the first Mount island Saint Helena he yeah. like will uh, completely revolutionize the 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 culture legal system and economy and and like opened like mines and like opened like harbors and stuff so apparently some people are just good at that kind of thing. But um, but that's a big project. So yeah, so we'll see. 
I'll learn from that experiment, hopefully. So, okay, all stones are left, are 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 are, un- are overturned. They were all investigated. How to get this into BIP3, uh, how to get BIP300 into Bitcoin, or does one fork? Now, keep in mind, yeah. um, there, there is a perverted incentive. You can see a lot of the Bitcoiners, what they do, what they do is they, you know, they don't really care about the community. I mean, even though, even though on one hand they're busy shilling that yes, Bitcoin to the moon, and the only way for Bitcoin to get to the moon is by the global, the whole world adopting Bitcoin. But then on the other hand, don't fucking change anything about it. And if you do change mm-hmm. it, fork Bitcoin because we want to double our Bitcoin. We want to have, and then what happens is you divide the community, and then all of a sudden yeah. now that you have. Fall. And in, in in networking, oh, I don't want to get too technical that way. Uh, yeah, it's it's called yeah. the end to end principle, and basically, you don't want to have complexity in the middle. In other words, you don't want to have multiple different currencies. It would be good to have a single currency. Um, My view is that one currency will ultimately win, even if even if cryptocurrency had never been invented. But now that you have an internet currency, uh, I just it's just too difficult to have the smallest currency. You know, you're in a such a precarious spot. Yeah. And you you really want to use the money that most other people are using. And just like you want to speak the language that most other people are speaking, it's just too much of a risk of of a malinvestment. You lose if you you put money into something, into a form of money that you lose, that's just a big risk. And uh uh people, you know, like when you go to Japan, we all use yen, and when you go to Europe, you we all use the euro. You could go, uh, it would be an interesting experiment if you could take like a briefcase full of yen, like a ton of yen to like something that's not like not a hotel or an airport, but just, but that's like sophisticated enough. Like you would go in and like a nice restaurant or something in, in Rome maybe and say, will you take yen? This is like, this is like $8,000 worth of yen. Can you take and you just see like if they would do it or not? That's, I w- that would be a neat thing. I, this would be a neat experiment for someone to run. Like how 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 is much is the cultural lock in? You know, like if you like, I I assume you've been to Japan. I, I've been to Japan. I'm actually I, going to. I'm going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So I so when I was in Japan, I was thinking like like even if I had hundreds of dollars U.S., just like it's so culturally. Like it is very, very, the culture is very, um, it's first of all, it's a great culture, but it's also, and I don't really want to say insular, even though it is. Oh, it's very insular. No, it's very insular. But what I'm trying to say is like, they've got, they're very happy where they are, you know, they like their thing and they should be very proud because they have a great culture, but, um, but it's like, they're dialed in, you know, and I was thinking like, even like, you know, the allies occupied this country and like the U S was like ruling the country sort of and uh to some extent you know there's like all this geopolitical history that we're all familiar with um but still i was thinking like i if i took out cash i don't think i would be able to like pay like any they would just be like what what is this but maybe i'm wrong about that i don't know but it, because even the u.s dollar is kind of its own special position because the u.s dollar is everything settles in the u.s dollar and in, by volume much more than 80 percent of all forex trading has the US dollar as one of the two uh pairs. So the US dollar is utterly dominant. But even then I think like we're probably not they would, you know, you'd probably need a steep premium of like two hundred percent, you know, on the official exchange right. where you have to take out your phone and say, This is something and they maybe at a certain point 
200% or two or three X or four X the value, they would say, okay, whatever, this person's clearly lost. I'm doing someone a favor. I'll take their, this look, they'd have to like look up pictures. Like it would be, that's the question that uh, this would be an interesting empirical question is all I'm saying is like how, how, how much, how much loyalty do people have to their, their one, the, the currency that they mostly use? I think it's a lot, but I would love to know. I'd love to see someone figure that out somehow. Yeah. I mean, okay. So, so that's the problem with the fork though. You see, that's the, yeah. pro- you see, it's all metaphor for your question. This yeah. Is yeah the, which, which is basically, yeah. I mean, um, if, 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 if the, if the stalwarts are, are, are not moving, they're not budging and the people are, are incapable of understanding this. Um, and there's not enough, enough, enough of a groundswell for this to come about. Yes. Um, here's the other thing. Uh, I wanted to go into this. The Bcash fork, um, was initiated by a, I don't know Roger very, very well. I've never met him. I know that he's he's recently got his black belt in jiu-jitsu. Um, and, and I also very do jiu-jitsu. Very good at that. He has been making, he was on YouTube. When I first sort of looked him up, he has all these like Brazilian jiu-jitsu videos that were like before Bitcoin or something. So he's... Oh, yeah. But I wouldn't want to get into a fight with him. He could probably like... No, I can't wait. You know? I can't wait to roll with a guy because, I mean, I love doing jiu-jitsu and, and I think he's going to be a great, a great opponent. I love it when there's a foreigner. Um, who walks into our gym, you know, it's like a sizable strapping person. You're really good at it also, yeah. I mean, yeah, I've heard yeah, that yeah, it, it yeah, yeah, the yeah. chess of martial arts. It's like, exactly, it's exactly. Very cerebral, they say, yeah. <laughs> well, also, it's, 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 it's like solving problems under pressure. So, yeah. you know, you don't put yourself in a compromising position and, and you learn like you have to really tap quickly, otherwise you're going to get your arm broken you or something get really like injured. that. <laughs> but the person has total control over whether or not they will like choke you out or break your arm off. Exactly, exactly. Like, it's a very the grappling art. Say what can I say? It's fantastic. They say it's, it's, it's really something. Yeah. It's so much fun. Uh, uh, but also, also from another perspective, um, it's 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 you know I think we we grew we evolved on the plains of the, the savanna plains of Africa, and you know we've always been in in scenarios where we'd like fight or flight type situations. Mm-hmm. And in this modern world, you know, when are you going to get like a fight or flight situation? So I get that on the mat. I get that yeah. all the time. You know, oh, I, I know a lot of people love it. Yeah, so, well, from another perspective, it's like, you know, oh, oh going to the office is quite oh, so much stressful. No, fuck off. That's not stressful. What's stressful is being strangled and having your arm broken three times a week, you know? I think <laughs> Sam Harris made like an essay or something because he also does, and I think it was called like the joy of drowning or something like that, like of like being choked or like you like you die over and over again when you do Brazilian. It was all about Brazilian jiu-jitsu and like you just, you die and then you like come back and you... Yeah. Something well, I'm probably butchering it, but it's uh, something uh, like you that. know. I, I think I think I know what you mean, but but like that's what thoughts are. Thoughts and conversation and free speech is so that we're able to communicate these problems and these issues before we come to uh, blows. Um, you yes. know, we don't we don't take up arms yes, because we, we can theories, talk about it. And in jujitsu, in jujitsu, it's 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 basically it's like you know you just roll you're doing a combat, but then uh, yeah. you just tap and it's over yeah, and it's over. Yeah. You just you just redo it and you keep on doing it. It's fantastic. Um, anyway, yeah, you're talking about Roger. Yeah, Roger. Yeah. Okay, so Roger, Ver, Roger, Ver, he and and yeah, I think that's I I can see why he's got the power to sort of like drive through because you know he, he you need to be a stubborn bastard when you do like things like jujitsu. <laughs> I tell you, um, 
But maybe there wasn't the greatest of technical arguments behind Bcash. The value offering was not significantly higher than that of Bitcoin. But in well, the it's case, very funny. Sorry, continue. But in the case of, for example, a fork of Bitcoin, whereby you've got um, Bib three hundred in it, I honestly think that the value offering is significant. Significant. Well, there's a lot to say there. I mean, first of all, we have not actually left every single stone unturned. So I still have to actually, because we're still, our test network is old and we have to update it. And we need, this is one of the problems with um, Bitcoin Cash that it did not, it's very funny. There's so many directions I'd like to go from here, but it's like, I'm often, people often think of me as like a large blocker, uh, Roger Veer aligned, which is true that I, um, I was hoping that everyone would get what they wanted out of the scaling war, including Roger. Um, even though I was always a small blocker and I was against, I signed that thing against Segway2x and I wrote this blog post against the hard fork. And um, so the, uh, so it's just kind of interesting that, I don't know, I'm perceived in kind of a, everyone perceives me in kind of like a, a very gray, suspicious way sometimes, which I think is exactly where I want to be. So perfect. But um, the uh, what I was going to try to say is that I've been so I was so critical of, of Bitcoin Cash. I thought I mean I constantly was telling them to do things differently, and I had this table of mistakes that they had made that I published at the time, like when it was happening, and uh, since also. And I go on their podcast and I tell them that they have they have no hope really, and they should give up. And but still, people think that I am uh, I don't know a large blocker or something like that. Um, and yes, they did make many mistakes and well, we could go into them because any fork that would be successful must avoid those mistakes. Uh, the stones that still haven't been unturned is, is like, we have to have the actual software where I have to actually have a, an actual proposal of what Bitcoin miners should run and users, of course, uh, which right now we don't because the test network is old. So actually, it's the last stone is my own kind of, it, in part, I did it for a very virtuous reason of I didn't actually, I wanted the community to understand the idea and get excited about it first, and then like maybe help build it also. But I still have to do this last step. This would be the last stone, which is that, you know, I have to give people something to that the actual Bitcoiners, BTC people would run. Uh, which I think I will actually be able to do very soon, you know, probably by the end of January. I mean, I hope maybe I just totally jinxed myself there. I'm not sure. Maybe I shouldn't have said that, but <laughs> the, okay, um, no, no. I mean, just, but that, that will be the final stone. So I'll, I'll let you know. You'll be the, is this a surprise thing? Is it a surprise view? No, this is just going to be What's like the deliverable. The, I'm saying this, that's exactly what I'm saying is I will be, it will be software that the miners uh, can actually run to, to activate Bit three hundred, which so Bit three so, currently so, doesn't exist in a reasonable form. It has to exist. It has to exist. Not only does it have to exist and be free of bugs and everything, but it also has to be something that does not interfere or interact with whatever the people doing in Bitcoin Core. You know, like the Bitcoin Core, it has to beat. It has to either go through the Bitcoin Core process, which now I think will take too long, or it has to just um, interface with it. So, so I'll release that, um, and we can talk about that also. But now we're now we have four or five different threads now, 
about what yeah, let's knock them off. Bitcoin Cash do that we should avoid. What what are the four um, different ones? Let's let's give them t- t- high level names. We've got the 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 sister software, the side software, or the software. Oh, you're we've talking about the, the deliverable. Yeah, the deliverable. Yeah. Okay, the deliverable. We've got the 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 the. Well, I think yeah, one would be like of, uh, the, the mistake. Yeah, not you're to referring repeat. to something. We talked about this. Uh, yeah. So um, this is uh, what is actually going to happen is there will be Bitcoin Core will be unmodified. And that will be piloted by like this uh, kind of like, uh, you can call it whatever you like, fork activator or like a driver or like an executive type of a thing. Rules engine. Apex call it rules a... engine. That's like that. That's good. Okay. So, the, so this thing will be a very simple thing that only its job is to scan a block. This is on, it'll be on the block. There's mempool side. So there's mining side and then there's block validation side, block construction, block validation. But what it will do is it will just, it, its job is to like load a little, uh, like a little, uh, maybe we should explain the other thing first because it's much easier. You have Bitcoin core and then you have this thing that will just check to see if any BIP 300, 301 rules are being violated. So this is the rules engine, right? Yeah, this would be like the drive chain uh, auditor thing. Okay, let's give them names. Let's give these things names. Um, Okay, um, we'll call it the drive chain chain auditor then. Okay, so now the drive chain, now now we're going to give a definition for the drive chain auditor. The the drive chain, okay, I say it and then you correct me or not. So the drive chain auditor is a small piece of software. It's an executable that operates, that executes on a separate process from the mining software. Um, It is deliberately small and tight and written in maybe even literal style code. So you have the English and well-documented and, and, and it's very, very clear about what it does. Is that the drive chain? Uh, This is the, uh, this, the, uh, the top thing you're, you've flipped them. Okay. Uh, Okay. So, so what uh, are you seeing? This is is the reason why we're giving names. So that's why I called it BIP 300 auditor because it is in tied intimately to BIP 300. So you could have, remember you could have a, a 119 auditor, like a, a CTV auditor. That's you have multiple ones. So they would, these would be like um, these are things that it's uh, like Jeremy Rubin would just make the 119 thing. It's between him and that, and uh, and then. Uh, but the, the small thing is the apex thing. The, okay, so uh, let's 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 not not bring in Jeremy. All of these things. Let's just keep it down to. The, so we've got the okay. basic flow. We've got blocks. We come in. Um, uh, they come in. We're going to check a set of rules to see whether a block accords with um, BIP three hundred right. rules or not. Now th- th- we need to check to see what. So these blocks are going to come in. They're going to be filtered off into another process. I'm assuming, um, which is going to be this rules engine. And then the output of this rules engine is to say yay or nay to a block. If it passes, then it goes. Uh, it, 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 if it if yes. the if the block passes the BIP three hundred rules, then it will be merged. Well, you know, it will be merged onto the 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 blockchain, uh, the rest of the blockchain. Correct. Yeah, you can think of it as a bunch of filters. So it's like the whole thing is this one thing. But then you have Bitcoin Core would be like the first filter, and then there'd be like the the BIP three hundred auditor thing that's going to scan for the BIP three hundred rules. 
And then if you wanted to, you could install more filters, but we're going to forget about those right now. Let's you not, said, let's keep it you simple. could have 119, you could have other things. No, 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 keep it simple, keep it simple. Okay, continue. Then so the whole, the, the okay, so the must block, be okay, so the block, will, the block is, will go through this. It it yeah. checks the, the rules, and, and if it's a yay, then it continues through to the next phase. What is the next phase? Right. Well, first it has to do all the Bitcoin core rules. Got it. And this, the whole point of this is so that uh, I no longer have to touch Bitcoin Core, and if they release a new version, I don't have to rebase or anything. I just plug it back in. You know, the uh, the if yes. they update to Bitcoin Core twenty seven, you just put that one back in. You know, you upgrade. So you just you can yeah. upgrade that without touching either the Bit three hundred part or the got it. the apparatus that holds the whole thing. Okay, got it. So the three are the apparatus that holds the whole thing, Bitcoin Core that's not modified, and then the Bit three hundred part. So Those this process people. is essentially a way of reintroducing the concept of soft forking back into Bitcoin. Yes. Dude, you are solving a really, really important problem. Yeah, screw, I know. Screw BIP 300. This <laughs> in and of itself is absolutely a great innovation. You're bringing value to the table. Thank you. you know yeah, well, thanks. Um, but you know what I think is kind of ironic is I really thought that the prediction markets idea was like a great idea. It was a huge risk, huge reward. And then I had to move to drive chain because I was like, this is way, way simpler. And this solves all Bitcoin's like governance, scalability, privacy problems. And now, yeah, this will be the simplest thing ever. And it will solve kind of a not quite as big, but but the point is in my 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 career has taken me into like the very the most simplest direction uh but yeah i think that this will be good if this if people like this you know if miners like this then what it will do basically is allow the bitcoin core to kind of go their own way and it, they don't need to even worry about software which they they have demonstrated numerous times that they do not want to have anything to do with the soft forks because they find soft fork activation to be like stressful and annoying so this is the kind of way of just sort of like taking it out of their hands and um i think it's a good idea um we'll have to see if uh if they go for it because they while they are they're they're all in on bitcoin and they they want bitcoin to succeed uh, like I said, they are usually, I found them to be baffled often by even the simplest technical commentary. And sometimes even people who support me, I I get a little nervous because I was like, they, do they really know like what, what they're supporting? Like, I don't know. So we'll have to have this all laid out. But this is why the, the, the thing that holds all the filters, that is the very small thing. The each individual filter can be of unlimited complexity and it can have terrible code really because you can pull them out and replace them. So that's why it's better because now the miner only needs to understand why it is they have the filter box. That thing should be like 200 lines of code. And then the uh, the that's why you didn't want to talk about this, but I have to keep bringing it up. That's why you could have a 119. You could have another filter where it's like some other thing, Jeremy Rubin's thing that now you see the, the benefit is Jeremy doesn't have to make it through Bitcoin core process, which is hell. And no one has to change the filter apparatus. So it's just doing what it does. It's only invalidating blocks. It's not like stealing anyone's money or anything. And Jeremy doesn't have to interact with BIP300 at all. He just has to make sure that when he tests it, the right stuff goes through all the filters. So that is uh, so that is why it's, uh, that's, that's kind of, you know, that's kind of like the new thing I've come up with. 
So we'll do that. And then if that still doesn't work, then I don't know, I guess we'll probably, um, it will, that, I think that would just show that the culture in Bitcoin is like literally suicidal and it's probably trapped in like a, a complete death spiral, uh, which is, would really be something, but we already know how to fix that also, which is to just release, we release a hard, we'll just, it'll be like a demo, but it will be a demo that has the looming threat of taking over if, if Bitcoin is really determined not to like, uh, like what is the actual plan? Like all the lightning people have, have quit. We have darknet markets moving to Monero. Um, Bitcoin has done very well, but we need to, we can't, you know, we got into where we are. No, we're getting off track. I need, to, I need that... to, no, okay. So let's just focus a little bit on the, on the, on this, uh, filtering thing. I, I, yeah. but you see, like you, you're saying stuff and I'm getting explosions in my brain, um, the good sort, um, Okay, once we've gone through all the filters, what is at the end? This is a block that is accepted by the network of miners. Okay, so so the basically, only the miners the, must then, run. So, miners so, must enforce a soft fork. I okay, don't know. so people so, disagree with that, but I disagree with them back. So, so. so the block that makes it through all the different filters gets appended to the blockchain. Yeah, and the idea is if fifty-one percent is running the same configuration of filters. Then no other block will you know, maybe you get one or two orphan blocks, which happens something that happens naturally anyway. Yes. Um, so you really the only blockchain that anyone will see yes. is a blockchain that enforces all of these rules. Yes. Now you don't need to run, you could run Bitcoin Core 26. Got it. Forever, or you could run, you know, as people did, as you probably remember that Merchant Popescu character. Yes. Uh, they would run the very old Bitcoin 5, 0.5.3 or something. And uh, they would just run that and they ignored the new versions. And they had some pretty good reasons for doing that, even though they were crazy people, of course. But, you know, the, rightly, people said, the more the code changes, the more, what do we have to do? Are we obligated to continue to right. look into each change? You know, because when you upgrade the software, this is like a consensual you don't really know that it there could be something in there where it's like a soft fork for like five years and then it triggers something you know this could be something hidden in the code so we kind of want to discourage the code from changing right. so actually this filters thing is better it's kind of like layers like layer one layer two layer three got it I, i'm already i got that i got that okay okay i think okay so now that's on that's for the verification side now okay you we're going to have a side which is also the block side right oh i suppose yeah no even even the miner would run exactly the same software. So once you the once the miner discovers the, the filters, because they must construct the mempool, they need the mempool to only have valid transactions that will pass all the filters. So when they when they want to fee optimize, they cannot include a, something that pays a high fee, but that is invalid. So when all the miners do, if all the miners do this, then the network just upgrades. Even if individual people are running only a subset of the filters, if they only have some filters but not others. It doesn't matter. So, good God, oh, man, have you have you broken the hegemony, the the Bitcoin core uh, hegemony? We'll see. I don't know. I mean, it's <laughs> lots. You know, it's a lot. Um, uh, it's it's much it's much more irrational. And uh, it, I think that this is a, I, I think it may have discovered like a profound truth about like how everything regresses into a cult unless it has constant, like external feedback like challenge from the external world without like constant yeah. dynamism and creativity and like yeah. interacting with the world. so like each business doesn't have this problem because business they could lose a sale every day so they're worried every single day you walk in and you're buy you're going to buy 
Crest versus Colgate, you know, toothpaste. Yeah. And they're so they're they have constant feedback. And this is, I think, why so many people prefer the you know the free market to other things. Well, I mean, I mean, they are competing against other businesses, other toothpaste companies, right? right? So uh exactly, yes. And the CVS <laughs> is competing against the Walgreens and even the supermarkets. So the supermarkets compete in stuff like a, a Walmart. There's already an enormous amount of competition just to get on the shelf at Walmart. Walmart will argue on people's behalf. And of course, Walmart will do all the like the safety testing for like children yes. and stuff because they know that it will come back and hit their brand. Yes. So the, the sheer scale of competition just to make it onto Amazon is on like I, I think the average person can't even really even imagine it. It's 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 immense. Yes. And yes. uh and that's a good thing for us, us as consumers. We love that. And uh, so that's great. And uh, I think if you don't live in a world where that happens, I think the stuff configures around like into like a weird political cult, acad- academic in the worst sense of, you know, not in the <laughs> sense of like a professor looking into like prime numbers for like 40 years and then cracking something one day. It's called but in, the, in the sense of just like blah, 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 like what is happening here? <laughs> and um so yeah, I think that this is part of human nature. Unfortunately, we have to. Uh, but as you see, the you see that the cult evolves and becomes more fragile. It also then becomes like it becomes more um, evolved and it becomes tighter and it becomes like uh, incestuous. The cult becomes more efficient, but then it also becomes more. Oh, sorry, what was the word you used? Incestuous. Yes, it, it's very they, like these cults. They must be self-referential. So this is also happens with like uh, woke and like this other stuff. Like uh, right, they these, eat their own weird. They, these weird academic theories. They all just like they just cite each other in a big circle, and it never can never co- connects with outside reality, which is exactly what I'm saying. It's like and then, but this is a, another perfect example where when it does, it's like an it's like this. You have stuff that's good at error correction, but it's like making er- a lot of errors. So it's it's getting feedback and it's changing its configuration around a lot. And then you have stuff that is bad at error correction. It ignores the errors. It it looks more stable, very superficially, but then it has like some kind of like explode black swan thing. So like we saw that earlier in America, you must have seen about this, like these university president, including the president of, of MIT, which you would really think like utterly MIT would be STEM and would unbelievable unbelievable see, this is the thing when you don't have an internal error correction yeah eventually you collide with the outside world and this is also has happened in bitcoin kind of with the ordinals thing where right. ordinals was just like a version of like counterparty or something that we would have we would have just kind of like we would not have made a big deal about we kind no. of just would have tolerated it or would have been like kind of shrug or whatever but because this you can just see how different it is like 2014 2015 versus today where it becomes it becomes this thing and it becomes even a scapegoat for the fees like no one even cares no one very few people even look up the extent to which the ordinals are related to the fees um but that doesn't even matter because the point is is you get this huge reaction and, uh, and then you have like so you see it's, it's people dancing in wizard costumes that's considered we can't have that kind of, you know, do these people realize what the Bitcoin community was like? Like it was full of the craziest people you could ever find. Like having a weird outfit was like, not, was like nothing. Yeah. These people are all crazy. And um, <laughs> we can't, we can't afford, people would say like, we can't afford to have Udi and Eric up there because 
Oh, fuck off. Think of how it'll make Bitcoin look be. bad. It'll make Bitcoin look unserious. And this is going to like all of our children will will grow up in a dystopia because and you're just like, oh my gosh, like it's right. I had no idea it was so fragile. But that's what is, but it's not Bitcoin that's fragile. It's the cult. The cult evolves and it becomes more insular. And then it becomes when it collides with reality, the collision. So if, you, if you're right that I will with the, the filter thing, the sideways layers. Uh, if you're right about that, um, then uh, then it would probably be like like a really crazy moment. It'll be it'll be like this huge, uh, you know, it'll be really something. Because you know, just think about it. It's similar to the MIT thing. Where imagine telling the story to random lay people on the street, some guy who works a nine to five job and they have to drive to their they work a sales job or they <laughs> they are a roofer or something. And you're like, you, they're like, you have no idea, you know, how bad it is that now people can run whatever software they want to run and they don't have to go through the, they, they don't have to, they don't have to go through a, a five year Bitcoin core review rebase and get, and go and go and personally go to every single person on Twitter, including every bot and get that. Like, I don't know, like a regular they person, be like, what? they'd be like, do you have any real problems in your life? Or is it all just like this, this internet <laughs> BS, you know, I have to go. But, but, it, but it goes further than that. For example, if you were to try to get like 95% of the uh, a, a vote uh, for, for some, for, for something, you, you're not going to get that because. Yes, this is a big mistake of the process, but continue, please. Well, wouldn't I mean? I think where did I hear this before? It goes something along the lines of like, like for example, the the five percent that are left over, they're more incentivized to. to yeah, they can now make. How, a, how did, can you, you're familiar with it. Tell me about yes. it. How did it work? There's the well. Okay, what happened in Bitcoin's history was that we used to have this ninety-five percent hash rate limit threshold, and yeah. what had happened, the a defining moment in Bitcoin's history was that. We had the scaling conferences in 2015 and then scaling three was like kind of a long ways later. And it was deeply unsatisfying to one particular miner who left. And I don't remember which one, but it, they had 9% and they signaled for Bitcoin Unlimited. And maybe, I don't know, I don't want to say the wrong person because it was a dramatic moment, but anyone can look it up. It's pretty easy to find. So they went back and they they left scaling three and they started signaling with 9% against. And, and SegWit as a soft fork, the code... It wasn't finished until the hackathon after scaling three. And we had previously to just give people, try to give people a picture of what had happened. The old softworks used to be activated by 90% threshold signal, but no one had ever intended this as a governance mechanism, really. And that's because you didn't need a governance mechanism because everyone agreed with everything. Everyone wanted Bitcoin to succeed and no one would have thrown like a, no one would have like complained about whatever, like having there's the soft forks of the past were very simple and they were like, uh, you must have a the block height in the Coinbase <laughs> transaction or something. They were not, there were nothing, there was, there was no controversy until the block size war. And then even then the controversy was not about SegWit itself because SegWit as it was coded, it actually was a compromised block size increase and it uh, increased block size to four megabytes or created this block weight thing. So 
even that was not controversial. What happened instead was that there was controversy over what to do. Like there was the block size war. And then uh, these nine people decided to give it a thumbs down uh, when they left. Uh, they, they, they decided to just say, we don't like the process. Now, I don't, I would love to know if anyone could interview them in a way that guarantees they tell the truth or something. I've always thought that they just meant that as a kind of like an angry lashing out. And I thought that they never really, I think it's possible they didn't even realize that when they did that, that it would block Segway. But I'm not, I'm not sure. Maybe they realized the whole time and they said that. It doesn't really make any sense because what, it, because what we're talking about now is why is the 95% threshold bad? And uh, it only worked when in the time when there was no controversy. And it was really very much a courtesy where they said, we don't want any miners to accidentally lose money because the miners are our friends. Everyone, happy friendship, you know, hearts and, and rainbows were everywhere. So... Uh, it was like, but everyone, but every single person knew that a hundred percent threshold. Well, that's that's a terrible idea because you have someone just troll the process, and that's and then we have no real way to get rid of that person. But people did not generalize; they failed to generalize that logic all the way up to forty nine point nine percent, which is what they probably should have done. But no one really realized how bad things had gotten. I think. Scaling three was like just kind of people are at wit's end. And it had already been, the precedent had already been set. And you know how precedents are. So this this was how it had been done with a bunch of really funny exceptions that were, they would only underscore how much the precedent, people would prefer the precedent because there was wacky situations where like, there was, it was supposed to, uh, this is a funny one, a particularly funny instance was when, uh, one soft fork was supposed to activate by a certain date, but not enough miners had upgraded by that date. So they just pushed the date back. And it was like, you know, it's kind of like uh, the, the tail wagging the dog or maybe vice versa, depending on how you look at it. But anyway, the point is we, we needed 95 and we only had, there was no way to get to 95 because people were running a completely different client. They ran the, the Peter Ryzen large block Bitcoin limited client, which did not behave differently, but it certainly wasn't going to signal for SegWit because they're just, I don't know. Now, what that does is it means when you have a threshold that is not 50%, it creates a strategic problem, uh, this, this, this sort of limbo where the no one is getting what they want. So in when, it, when it's 51%, you have a clear, you have closure, you have a clear outcome. And some people got what they want. Others did not, but you at least tried something and you know what to do again. And in particular, so a useful experiment might be to imagine what would have happened had the threshold been 51% back in the day for this event. This is the moment, this is one of the most important events in Bitcoin's history. Because one of the many things it did is it, it, it it, it took it escalated the hate of the large and small blockers into different levels and it put the miners on the large blocker team eventually and the small blockers devs and then there was this minor developer hatred and mistrust that persists to this very day and which is what created all this soft fork drama which is de facto irrational which you can see you can basically prove that it is because you can see how people's opinion flip-flops on something like ctv 119 where they hate it at one point they love it now they 
they hate it again and then uh, it's like the whole none, none of it has anything to do with none of it is guided by any kind of rational process or even most of the people who campaign for or against segwit or taproot clearly had no idea what it was so plenty of the pro segwit people didn't realize it was a block size increase for years after and still years after people think that it makes transactions more efficient or something None of that's true. The Taproot people, they don't know what they they thought it was a smart contract upgrade. You could, from what recorded comments that people made on stage on Bitcoin conferences, you could see that they, they had no idea what it was doing. Um, so the whole thing, the whole process is basically reached a Kafkaesque proportion. But we can nonetheless say what would have been different if it was 51%? Well, what, 9% would not have been enough to block SegWit. So it would have just gone through. There would have been an angry miner, but that would have been no different than the situation when already had some angry miners, some angry people, some happy people. So so nothing would have happened. And you might say, well, Paul, you're just kind of dodging the question there because you're evading the issue. Because what if it the, the dissenting miner had had enough? What if they had 52%? But my claim is that even if they had 52%, what would have happened would have been by far superior to what actually did happen in our reality uh which which i think was one of the worst things that could have happened but so what would have happened was either one of two things either on one hand they would have said we're blocking they, they would this one per see when you're nine percent you're blocking segwit but you don't take full responsibility because you're only nine percent but if you block with 52 percent, you are taking responsibility you say i have 52 percent this is my mining network and I'm not activating SegWit. Now, then you deal with, since you are taking responsibility, you can be criticized and people can do things to you. Like they can, if you're a mining pool and you don't personally own all this hardware, they could point their hardware somewhere else or they could go on Twitter and criticize you or they could mount a campaign to persuade you to change what you're doing. They could say this person changed. And now, you know, since you're 22, you're 52%. You understand that it's now rational for you to pay attention when people make like a video and they say, here's why such and such should change what they're doing. And here's why it's in their interest. Because you say, I really am the one making the decision. So whether they get their way or not, it's either they get their way and then people criticize them, which is exactly how it should be. And they either ignore the criticism or reply to it. You know, they change what they're doing. They learn. Uh, and they either think, am I doing the right thing? Am I not doing the right thing? Should I change my mind? Now, or what? An, uh, another thing that could happen would be that the um, people pushing for SegWit could say, they could also learn something. They could say, well, you know, we really thought that this was a slam dunk and this is, this is going to increase the block size, you know, also in addition to helping lightning work. And yet an entire 52% is against us and so they're like wow we really uh misjudged how seriously people are taking this problem they're really really upset about this and then they think you know what could we could we do something differently or what should we do instead uh so this is all this is far superior to this nine percent 95 percent situation which has the toxic limbo because the nine percent person can say i'm not getting what i want which is clearly they wanted some kind of different scaling roadmap. So I'm not getting what I want. So you're not getting what you want either. But no one takes responsibility for this. 
the 9% person, they have a very limited uh, incentive to even listen to anything that anyone is saying at this point, because the, uh, well, I'll, I'll get to that in a second, which is that the, the people who want their, who want to get up to 95%, they have a very limited incentive to reach out to the 9% person and give them a concession because they give that person a concession. Then what if someone, some next guy, he's got 12% hash rate, but right now they were cooperating. They were in the 95 group, but they weren't getting any special, you know, attention or any kind of special consideration or concession. So they might think, well, wait a minute. Uh, I want, I want something too. And then, so you're now you're playing whack-a-mole with 9%, 12%, all these people can pop up. And with as long as they've got more than 5%, they can veto. And uh, this veto it makes it very hard to get anything done. And it also makes it impossible to know to whom you should reach out to, to change the problem. Whereas the, if they have 52%, no one has that problem. It's It's crystal clear exactly who to reach out to and what to do and what they want, what they want to know. And so the whole, the whole process can continue to evolve and have a healthier growth of knowledge and growth of persuasive knowledge and stuff. But now not only is because of this fact, as if it weren't, weren't bad enough, the 9% person, they, they think they're going to be thinking now I've opened this can of worms. I've opened Pandora's box. Anyone can now block with more than, you know, if you have 6% or more, you can block. So now we're in a situation where nothing is going to happen. So they don't even have any incentive to really listen to anyone or participate in anything. They can just throw this temper tantrum. And then they, so this is why that. Um... You mentioned that, but I, I think wouldn't it go uh, further in, in the saying, well, well, they could start to say, well, if you give me something that I might change my mind. Yeah, and exactly, then, right. And then, it's a cozy and, and like extraction. Right. Which is, uh, yeah. Each each and, of the six, every 6% is going to want 100, like 99% of the benefit. Right. And yeah. so you yeah. see that's, it doesn't work. And then more people will be like, well, George over there is starting to get some good benefits. I mean, what happens if I also start to, you know, exactly, yes. switch over? So yeah, okay. So it becomes difficult. So in, if in it's that more scenario. than fifty-one percent, it just it won't. It just just mathematically, it game theoretically will not work. Uh, yeah. But people don't like that because they think, oh, the poor forty-nine percent, whatever. It's like, yeah, you know, yeah, that's not the point. They don't. Right. It's that's not the point. Um, the forty-nine percent are going to have to get their rights some other way if they're relying on a pure right. democracy for that. But that's not. But that's not how people use this type of thing. People no. don't say fifty-one percent of the hash rate can just rewrite the ledger and do whatever they want. It's always right. this very narrow thing when there's a dispute between different options, and you have yes. to disqualify all of them except for one. Yes, and uh, that is where you must do fifty fifty-one percent, or yeah. it will just it will just be you will never get anywhere. So that's yeah. Uh, so, so, so I, I'd like to bring the conversation back into this uh, this filter mechanism, this uh, this this process sure. of uh, because it, 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 I was running through my mind a little bit on how to design such a such a piece of software. Um, hear me out for a second. One needs to be careful. I would I would go as far as to say that the language that is used to implement the rules, the rule che rule checking, it should be a completely deterministic um language um 
the reason is because you want to avoid non-determinism. So, for example, if you have a very expressive language, that language might be able to, you know, uh, whoever writes a rule or is maybe not such a good programmer or something like that, you can actually force the 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 the, the filtration mechanism to actually allow stuff through which should shouldn't go through or stuff that which should go through but actually doesn't so so it's important that one would have to um uh yeah implement the rules in a specific um deterministic language that would be one thing i'd also be looking at actually it's a, it's a really interesting it's a really interesting piece of software because there's a lot of potential that can be weaved into that you see you can you I recall my first endeavor I had with you. You mentioned you solved the problem of oracles. It's also a point yeah. where you can actually weave oracles into into this. Am I correct? The oracle in that? thing must be on its own side chain because my design, and you know, I may not have solved it. We'll have to see if I actually have or not. But I think I have gotten it as theoretically close as it can possibly get in practice. Um, but I think. Um, but yeah, that thing, uh, that's its own very complicated uh, matter. But I think that we have my uh, project Bitcoin Hivemind, which is original, was originally called Truthcoin mm -hmm. before there were altcoins and before mm -hmm. there was like a coin name mm -hmm. for everything. Mm -hmm. um, but the, that I think um, that will be its own sidechain. So that will be yeah. the BIP 300 rules will support the 256 sidechains. And then I think yeah. that will be because that requires a little bit of. Um, it requires a lot of control over like state and like people's participate. People have to like right. basically stake coins. It's not exactly how it works, but that's okay. Okay. So there'll be on a slide chain. Okay. So no, yeah. what I'm doing is I'm fleshing out this idea a little bit more. There's another thing that could be that, that I find very interesting. So there's a, something that, that scares me about this is for example, uh, is Nostra in China? No. The reason why it's not in China is because, even though the Nostra community say that that uh, um, 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 that Nostra mm -hmm. is a, a state, it, it's a, it's robust against the state. Actually, it's not, and the reason is because relayers are behind an IP address. And if you want to, if you want to see uh, your your internet go down very very quickly, uh, you you have a war, and very very quickly those nodes, your IP address. If you're a, a suspect, mm -hmm. your your node, your IP address goes down very quickly. So, so the problem I have is how does one create, because I don't think Bitcoin is, is robust against the state at all. And the reason is because we use IP everywhere. Um, for Bitcoin to become robust against the state, you need to be able to disseminate blocks, not by IP. I mean, it, you can use IP because mm -hmm. it's very efficient and the network is already there. And then, and currently we're in a peacetime, so it's good and instant efficient. But there needs to be a backup strategy. And the backup strategy mm -hmm. is disseminating blocks not by IP. So here we are. We've got this little piece of software that's also doing filtration stuff. And if you design it, it, it correctly, this thing can become the mechanism for dis distributing or disseminating blocks other than IP, this is anyway. This is this is one of the major yeah, problems I that think... I am solving, and I see that little entry. Oh, really? Point That's there. great. I mean, yeah. you know, uh, you may know this. It's kind of obscure, but it's fascinating. Like the older versions of Bitcoin, this has since been removed, which is probably a mistake. But they would like there was like the seed nodes, 
that are like whatever, like um, they may be even DNS resolved as far as I know. They are I DNS resolved, and Luke Dash so, Jr. is one of them. Right, he is one of them, and so it's like this is like a famous list of like super cool. Um, but it's like if the software cannot use the seeds, it has like multiple backup. It used to have multiple backup strategies, including that the network would like con connect to like random IRC channels that were like Bitcoin that was the early days numbers. yeah correct yeah. so and so like, i like find this, this fascinating so no no this is uh, this is the yeah. this is good this is good engineering i mean from that perspective because irc is actually very distributed uh protocol um and it's it's a way of disseminating uh, a separate alt uh, uh protocol date disseminating information you could you could download the, the 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 blocks from from irc from that mechanism the people who are running bitcoin now are are not they don't seem to have the state as a threat model anymore. And yeah, or else it becomes so complacent. Yeah, there should be a war games thing where we we do like little simulations where we say, okay, yeah, this is day one, the yeah. whatever, we've lost we've completely yeah. lost all yeah. DNS. We've lost uh we just see like what you know what will happen, you know. Yeah, that'd be, yeah. That'd be something that I think we should do. I mean, I think the, we should have war gamed the the Canadian truckers thing was that was like kind of a big eye opener for me where I was like, Oh no, the, the project is actually dying because uh, that, you know, that should have been like, because what actually, let me refresh people's memory of what happened. We had widespread COVID lockdowns, which differed enormously in terms of like, we have different, you know, there's different countries that have different tolerance for, and, you know, some countries are more urban than others. And uh, so, you know, it's like, it's very different. Like Tokyo is very different than, you know, a huge, a huge city where people are cramped together. New York City and Tokyo are different than whatever, Huntsville, Alabama. I don't know. So, and Florida is different also. Florida gets more, more sunlight, has more beaches. You can go, people are outside in the fresh air. So we had, we had different, many different countries and we had many different policies, but what some people decided to do in the democracy of Canada was protest. Um, they had a very peaceful protest. Uh, and what the government decided to do was try to track down everyone who was protesting and, and freeze their, all their bank accounts and like basically depriving them, exiling them from economic life in, in Canada and probably, you know, basically forcing them to, uh, do whatever they want, you know, like very much holding a gun to their head. Like you can't get food. You can't, what are you going to do? So then the Bitcoin community tried to like onboard these people and send them money. And this would amounted to, this amounted to basically like at some point people had gotten like paper wallets and fast forward, nothing useful happened. And the Canadian government confiscated all of the, it was a big, it was a confused mess. No one really knew how the, where the money was going or who had it. And the Canadian government ended up confiscating most of the money, most of the Bitcoin. So then I was like, oh man, this is like directly in our wheelhouse. You know, this is like as good as it gets. And we failed to, we gave, we gave money to the, the, the anti-protest, the government of Canada. And I was like, well, this is terrible. Like, so that was when I was like, okay, too many people are neglecting the UX. It is, it is like VC parasites or whatever. So, mm -hmm. so that was yep. when I, that was kind of a wake up call for me. So, and I also, I didn't understand when they removed that stuff about the IRC or maybe I'm mistaken, but I'm very confident that I remember that 
they they removed a lot of that that interesting stuff about how to bootstrap the network and find peers and stuff. Mm. And I was kind of like, why? Because it's like almost never triggered. You know what I mean? It's like you have like a backup pacemaker, and it's like, oh, we'll just remove the battery from that. And it's like, <laughs> well, wait a minute, like why don't we just leave it the way it is? And so there's people, the pro-ossification, the pro-ossification people are so, no offense to them, but they are just so dumb. They don't know what they're doing because even though they're right, that they don't even know what they're talking about because it's like, I, it's a shame. We, we live in a situation where so many people are either correct or incorrect for the wrong reason and they don't. Uh, so the code is being changed. Like what I'm trying to say is this. A lot of people are against soft forks because they don't want to change the protocol. No, These sorry, just no just idea. just press pause. Just yeah. press pause. Do you have you have you seen how many changes are coming into Bitcoin Core at the moment? Well, this is exactly what I'm getting at: is that we've had no soft forks. Okay. We used to have two soft forks every six months, and they used to be non-controversial. And the soft forks we have today, they are enormously powerful. They unlock all kinds of cool stuff. With U3XO, if there was a soft fork for that, you could have a a, a full node on a mobile phone. But but we don't want to do this. We don't want to touch the soft fork because of this. Because it may maybe one someone would have to ask the miners to do something, and that we we should all just kill ourselves instead of doing that. Um, so we don't want to touch that. But instead, all kinds of other stuff is fair game. You know, Matt Corral accidentally I don't blame him, but he accidentally introduced an inflation bug, trying to shave off a couple milliseconds of time. So so you have that. You have stuff can just be torn out and refactored and no one's no one is really going to look and see what is. And then you have people like Luke Dash Jr. who say that you must, you are impelled. You are you must always run the latest version of Bitcoin Core. So now you're obligated to like, I don't know, almost one just about like one out of all the 8 billion people on earth there's only a few who can really run a node according to these bizarre criteria and actually understand have any idea of what it's doing and so we and then you have all these people who just refactor they want to they want to be a bitcoin core developer so they'll refactor lines of code are moved no one is going to really review that very carefully i mean they will look but it's possible that you could sneak something by because no one, because you don't get a lot of kudos for reviewing a refactor. You know, I mean, you get some, I'm sure, but oh, so they like to bike shit. They, they will bike shit. Lot, lots of lines of code around, but not actually doing anything. So yeah. people, people, the soft fork is great because they're usually small number of line of code and they're great. And that's the one that people don't like because they can get attention on Twitter for being, no one is going to get attention for fighting against the, a frivolous refactor where someone sneaks in a keylogger or some kind of other kind of a horrendous thing, or even, you know, just removing these, these things. So I'm fascinated by this whole bootstrap, this whole um, how the network would work on something other than IP. I think that's, that's absolutely fascinating. Mm, and uh, mm. there should be, of course it should have, like it, we should be adding as many backup things that we think will never. It should that list should be like 150 things long. Correct. I, I be like you should be able to like load a USB stick in there and yeah, sneak in it, yeah. sneak in it exactly. It Precisely. that should be. It, we should be working towards this. And oh I gosh, agree. oh anyway, anyway. So oh gosh, okay. So we 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 nailed a couple of those points. One of the points was what were the what was the do's and don'ts 
one should adhere but to what were the lessons learned we didn't yeah we didn't really do we didn't do those we didn't really go into that many. so so i had a table that I've, i tweet sometimes i feel bad so, uh, tweeting it because i think it's so accurate it must be very demoralizing for the poor people who have but uh, you know we're all adults here but and no one would have <clears throat> they made a ton of money you know we're all responsible for our decisions so uh but Bitcoin Cash, the, the numerous flaws. Uh, one is the the whole circumstances of the timing of the launch. This uh, what they call splitting the vote. So Bitcoin Cash was launched by Omri Sachet while so Segwit Two X was like May or something of 2017, mm-hmm. and so Segwit Two X was it's already a terrible plan. Segwit Two X was basically Segwit will activate on August first, and three months later. Um, <clears throat> three months later, there will be a 2x hard fork uh, block size increase. So like many compromises, this everyone was unhappy by it. <laughs> but, but what happened was, so this, first of all, I'd just like to take a moment to say that this plan is already terrible because it's basically a hostage swap where you, one side gives up the hostages first and then three months later, they expect to get their hostages back. Which, why would they do that? <laughs> And but it's also terrible because one could one can happen at any time, segwit activation, but the other requires everyone to coordinate on a date. So that one should have been first, just as a matter of organizational principle. But no one really wanted to do it. There was no momentum for a hard fork anyway, because uh, segwit was already going to increase the block size by by more than a factor of two anyway. So so this whole thing was absurd from the beginning, unfortunately. But that's where it was. Now, while this plan, this is the plan that the large blockers have bought into. Uh, while this plan is going, and in fact, at the moment where it would have the highest goodwill, which is when SegWit activated on August 1st, and it did not activate because of the UASF, although the UASF was waiting, it miners folded right before and activated it the normal way, and it just happened to activate around August 1st. It's kind of a weird coincidence. that That's the day that Omri Sachet launched Bitcoin Cash, which is the worst day, I think, to, of all days ever, because again, everyone is thinking in the large blocker camp that Segwit2x is the way to go. And there, I even re- clearly remember tweets where I think Jameson Lop asked, so is now that Bitcoin Cash exists, is Segwit2x off? Perfectly reasonable question, because he, we all understand network effects, I thought, but apparently not. And then uh, someone like, so like Eric Voorhees replied, and Eric Voorhees is a very smart guy. He replied and he said, of course not. Bitcoin Cash is some other thing. Segwit2x is still on or whatever. This is what I mean by splitting the vote. So then later, Segwit2x, the timing is extra worse because at the exact moment, Segwit2x is totally humiliated when they abandon it because it's a terrible plan. Because as I've already said, you've already given your hostages away. (laughs) So... So of course they were going to say, well, we're not giving you two X hard fork now for nothing. Like they, that's, that's just too much. You know, you're just giving too much. It's just unreasonable. Like the the plan was terrible. So this is the exact moment that this was sort of humiliated. Large blocker group was humiliated. They, then Roger just kind of has some kind of tweet where he says, okay, this thing that has been around for months that Eric said is not the official thing. That's now the, you know, like Bitcoin com, Bitcoin.com will be supporting Bitcoin Cash. And then they got into a big fight over the ticker. They said, we want the BTC ticker. We are the real Bitcoin. We want the Bitcoin name. Bitcoin Cash is the real Bitcoin. 
so this is another issue is the name was always uh, the name was always not not great so the uh small blockers had um, had the opportunity to obtain like the bcash like uh social media accounts like bcash.com and b whatever then they tried to get the name bcash but implicit that was itself kind of a little bit of a, a dirty move but a uh, fair game i suppose but kind of still dirty but um but it underlies a kind of deep truth which is that bcash was actually a better name than bitcoin cash because people prefer words to mean the same thing on Tuesday that they meant on Monday. And they already have, the Bitcoin word is already locked into something. So people are then like Bitcoin Cash, you have to wonder, am I being misunderstood when you when you talk about it? You uh, So the name was tough and fighting for it after the fact was that not good. And then when you lose, then you are humiliated again. So... I don't know. That was that's another one of the problems. So the timing was was horrendous. Fighting over the name was not was not good. A bigger problem, though, even than that, is that Bitcoin Cash did not actually solve the problem uh, either of block size or of governance, which is exactly what the block size war was about. In contrast to where Bit three hundred actually does, um, because everyone knew that you know one megabyte versus eight megabytes was what they wanted. I think eight is not really Eight is not enough to scale to the entire globe. It's only eight times bigger than one. So it's like, we're going to, are we just going to wait till that one fills up and then do it again? And then are we just going to keep doing this over and over again? This is going to be a big process. And so even for anyone who thought that the block size should be something else, no one could clearly articulate like what that was or why it should be now that it moved to eight and then what what, what the schedule should be. So even there were some people, I think BIP 101, it was called a bit that I think a Peter Wiles co-author on or something that had like the block size increase to two and then grow by like 11% a year or something. So that was at least, that would at least purport to solve the problem of block size and of governance, which is to say, this is what it is permanently. But instead, you know, everyone, you know, it's kind of baffling because this, the idea does not actually represent, it can't represent, um, it doesn't, it just kicks the can down the road. And so all the reasons for ignoring the, let me let me put it this way: like there will be new there will be a new time when people disagree over the block size, even if it was eight megabytes. Some will say eight is we've come far enough, but now no further. And then some people will say we want to. So will we split again? And then will we just split again and again and again and again? Uh, and so I think everyone kind of had this intuitive understanding that this 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 didn't really even make any sense. Um, and so that it was like, what what is the actual alternative? You know, in politics, you can't beat to something with nothing. So so it didn't actually solve the problem at all. You would, it just kicks the can down the road and moves the problem over a little bit. You some kind of final solution. Uh, there's another problem with Bitcoin Cash is that the idea of large one blockism is not good. It's probably better with hindsight. It's probably better than going all in on lightning. But you see, this is the thing is Bitcoin, it's only an illusion that Bitcoin BTC has gone all in on lightning. It's a very convincing illusion and it has the danger of becoming reality. 
but you see it's really not because you're still way out there's way there's other ways out arc covenants bit 300 etc so we we can kind of see with hindsight that the you know the, the lightning idea looks a lot worse however the large block on L1 idea still has the same problem that it's always had, which is that you can put a large block, you can put a more expensive layer on top of a cheap L1. You can do small L1, large L2, but you really can't do the reverse because they're mandatory in one direction. So it's like saying you must join this rich country club and then you can optionally, you know, for an extra $5, you know, the country club membership is like, $12,000 a month or something, but the, for an extra $5, you can get a candy cane or something, you know, <laughs> it's like, but it, that doesn't make sense. But the reverse makes a lot of sense where everyone has to pay $5 and then a couple people, if they want, can pay $12,000 a month and uh, go golfing or whatever. So uh, that that's yet another problem. Uh, you know, I, I made a really long list at one point. At one another, just some details. So, like the replay protection was a mistake. They should have done full transaction replay. Instead, they did full transaction replay protection. The replay protection, I don't know. Um, it's a it's a misnomer because who's being protected from what? Nothing, as far as I know. The replay protection is just a concession to the the pre existing chain that you will that you will stigmatize yourself by forcing you to become a different chain. So I don't, um, I don't know. No one is being protected in that scenario. <laughs> the, anyone, the end user can always broadcast on only one network or the other um, using very innumerable wallet tricks or other kinds of things that make it opt in. So, so that's another mistake. Uh, they also got they kind of got into a quagmire where they well, one one huge issue was that they this is part of what I mean about them not solving the problem of governance is that and, and solving the problem of block size they go from one to eight but then they quickly get outflanked by Bitcoin SV which just goes to whatever infinite so now they're stuck in a position where they have to say well we uh, fucked up. Yeah, it's, they have to say something like the problem with Bitcoin SV is the blocks are too large. And now it's like, oh, no, like now what? Now you're it just it's, it's very. So it's it's uh, it's unfortunate, but I think that they but it's intriguing that despite all of that, after after in November. Roger announced his support for Bitcoin Cash. It did make it to number two for a day. It flipped into Ethereum. You remember that tweet and the congrats on this seriously. So it. It was the most successful altcoin, sort of, despite all these numerous flaws. And but I think it it, it failed so badly that it unfortunately discredited the uh, the hard fork institution. There was one or two more more things. It's kind of minor, but they were they were relevant. I think, which were that they they got they, well. First of all, they spent too much time talking. Greg Maxwell would show up and start talking to them on on r r slash btc, which I don't know why they allowed themselves to just be distracted by that. But then one thing was that uh, like uh, Omri wanted uh, some money for development, which is kind of reasonable, and then he wanted to put in this tax, and then people wanted to say, "Is that voluntarism or not?" And they got into a big uh, fight over that. This is the point: is you live by the fork, die by the fork. Uh, you split off. Then you have to worry about other people splitting off again, which is exactly what happened. And so uh, 
So I think they did just about everything wrong. I think it's baffling to the split the vote thing is the most important thing. You you need everyone to understand why they're joining the coalition and why. And you need sovereignty over your name. You don't want to be fighting over the name. The name is just too important and it's intangible. So that's some of my some of my list. I have a, a, a piece of writing somewhere. I'm sure I forgot things. I mean, you know, but there's that was a lot of that is a more than enough to keep people yeah, yeah. keep them checking along what were, were, were there any other um um remember you said oh we 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 well i was thinking we could stick a peg in the ground on that particular point of the the conversation whereby you said there's so many more things we could discuss uh, did the you threads, yeah do you remember no but any... i thought of another one which is of course that if another problem with bitcoin cash is that the idea of the they had no individual sovereignty over the idea so let's say large blocks are the best idea in the world you try it out it works great how are you going to stop BTC from just now hard forking? Like, sure, a lot of the existing people would be like, you know, fired or discredited, but it all it takes is one person in the BTC community to who doesn't want to lose their money to Bitcoin Cash to just say, take a leadership role, release large block hard fork at a later date. So what's so special about August 1st, you know, 2017? So this all this stuff was very difficult. Uh, for uh, they made their job almost impossible to succeed. But despite that, they made it too. But yeah, I don't know. See the threads we managed to talk about something about next steps. So yeah, I think maybe the only um, well, I still have a, a last stone to un, un, unearth. I mean, really two because I have I have to release a good testnet network so that everyone can see even normal people can just experience for themselves like what the 300 would do if it were brought to Bitcoin. Um, but I'm already doing that, but I have to do a better job of that. Uh, we're improving that as we speak and then have to do this, this thing that miners could run that is very respectful. I mean, people will, I, I imagine the critics who uh, you and I would agree we, we should just ignore at this point, these type of critics, but they will say that this is skirting around the, the Bitcoin core Bacham. process, but it's really, it's really actually respecting the process by not right. saying we won't, they don't, they have made it very clear both in person and in other communications that they get very uncomfortable dealing with soft works, even ones that they personally think are necessary. So another example of this is that everyone should at least hear about is 118, BIP 118, any priv outs that cash no input. That's in the lightning white paper. That's necessary for L2 for uh, it would improve lightning by preventing this state of, I mean, lightning is kind of unfixable, but lightning currently has this endlessly growing thing in Ram of all the states that you have to react to like a uh, old Western style. Uh, but uh, they will do away with that. Uh, it's already been coded by reputable people and it has been active on Signet for a while. So it's jumped all the normal hoops. And yet no one wants to touch activation. So it's not, it's not bit 300. It's not me. It's not drive chain. It's just that people, the process has faltered as a, as a, as a kind of collateral damage from the scaling war. The process is defective and they don't, they don't want to participate. And you can see why, because look, Jeremy participate and I participate. We get all kinds of like uh, harassment and abuse, all of which is totally unfair. And um, you know, but I mean, it's, I'm not complaining about that, but I'm just stating a pure fact that it's in Jeremy's case, it's obvious that he everyone liked the idea. And then even when he proposed activating it, 
they all like no one would ever criticize the idea they would say we just don't like it being activated this way and now they and now the talk of the town is how to activate 119 so that's the process is someone comes up with a good idea and then he was so vilified that he quit not only bitcoin development but he basically quit bitcoin over this and now it's only sort of recently it's like half return so that's really the relationship people want to have with um <laughs> people come up with like um great bitcoin technology like now as of now his idea and mine are the only that would could even theoretically allow uh ever more than a small number a small percentage of the earth's population to use to actually own bitcoin in a sense of like a, a, a technical way of owning it like non-custodially so so the whole thing's uh nonsensical but um but yeah it's really they don't want to the soft work processes uh they don't want to have anything to do with it and they want to instead go back to just uh coming up with new address formats and cutting out the irc chat uh bootstrapping uh machine so i don't know i think that's that's just about everything i can remember okay okay well good how okay do we have anything more to sort of cover shall we we covered a lot this is gonna be i mean i don't know if other people feel this way but i don't know every bitcoin podcast for the last years and years has been so so predictable and boring <laughs> and I, this is like i mean i hope people get something out of this if you don't get something out of this then i don't know then you can the go hey up. there's plenty of uh there's plenty of other stuff out there you know you can always go to uh <laughs> we should we do, we do like a fake bit where we like pretend to be like one of the I, it's been so long since i've seen many of the mainstream ones that i don't even know how to yeah how to ridicule them but um many of them are are just really something yeah and yeah, should we, we wrap it say, up like, then oh, man? What's, your, what's your price prediction for the next week or something that's like <laughs> oh my god like should we wrap it up then i think probably we should yeah we've gone for cool. a while all right and then i'll stop recording so